Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Indianapolis Colts football is on the air. Welcome to M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore, the site of week three between the Colts and the Ravens. Minshew rolling to his right. Steps up, slings it downfield, walks it in, and it's a catch for a touchdown. Zach Moss on a fade made a over-the-shoulder basket catch for a touchdown from 17 yards out. The ball we put down at the 21-yard line, so a 31-yard field goal here for Matt Gay out of the hold of Rigoberto Sanchez. Ball on the left hash. There's a snap, and the short field goal is on its way, and it is good. A 54-yard field goal upcoming here. Out of the hold of Sanchez. There's the placement. The kick is on its way. It has the distance, and it is good. Matt Gay drills it from 54. All right, so this is a 53-yard field goal attempt by Matt Gay. He knocked down from 54 earlier out of the hold of Sanchez. Ball between the hash marks. Here's the kick. The long field goal is up, and it is good. Good once more. The ball is going to be on the left hash. Rigoberto Sanchez will put it down. This is going to be a 53-yard field goal here from Matt Gay. He's already connected twice today over 50. From 53 and 54, 53 again. Snap. Ball's on its way. Has the distance. And it is good! It is good! 19 to 19, and Matt Gay has made four field goals today, three of them over 50. 61, huh? So a 61-yard field goal upcoming from Justin Tucker with six seconds to go. The game is tied at 19 from 61 yards with six seconds. Snap, placement, kick is on its way. And it is no good. It's short, just barely short. Shotgun snap for Minshew, RPO, backs to throw. Going to take a shot downfield for Michael Pittman Jr. And he's got got the ball, and his helmet came out. And he makes it with his headgear off at the 45-yard line. And Pittman wanted it more in a first down. Measuring the kick is Gay. Waiting on the long snap. There it is. Placement. Kick is on its way. It has the distance. It's up. And it is good! Ball game! I-N-D-Y! And the Colts win a walk-off. 22-19 in OT. And the Colts are 2-1 on the season. That's how it sounded yesterday in Baltimore. Matt Taylor, the voice of the Colts. Cameo there by Rick Venturi. As the Colts win 22-19 over the Baltimore Ravens. And Jimmy Cook, we are looking out over a glorious, beautiful day in Indianapolis on Monument Circle. And kind of surprised, actually, there's no parade, right? I am, too. It's a victory Monday. First place, Colts. How about that? Here's the thing. Are they in first or are they tied for first? I believe they're sole possession of first place. I mean, they're in sole possession, but at the same time, the tiebreaker still goes to Jacksonville should they fall into a tie, right? Correct. But if the season ended today, Jake, division winners. The only problem is there's still 14 games <laughs> left. But nonetheless, um, pretty good performance yesterday, obviously, in a win. My name is Jake Query. Jimmy Cook, who is the president of the company here at Query & Company, and Eddie Garrison, who put together the highlights. That is his role as the CEO of the company. This is Query & Company on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Good, beautiful day. Victory Monday to you. 
lot to talk about in the National Football League. And, of course, the Indianapolis Colts will be the epicenter of that conversation over the next three hours. And I'll begin with this. One of the fun things about doing sports talk radio is that not only do you get to opine about sports, but you also get a chance to then, hopefully, the chance provides itself when you can do a mea culpa on your opinion or give credit where it's due when you've been harsh about something. I thought yesterday, Jimmy, what we saw, if you go back and you look at the players that contributed to the Colts' win yesterday, and I saw Bob Kravitz in his column on Substack say that that was arguably the, I think actually he didn't even say argue, but I think he said that's the finest kicking performance for an Indianapolis Colt. Hard to argue that. Adam Vinatieri hitting all field goals in a game where they did not score a touchdown in a playoff game would be up there. The game to me that jumps out is, I believe it was in 2003 in Denver on the road in primetime with the season kind of hanging in the balance. Mike Vanderjet hit not one, but two 50-plus yard field goals in a snowstorm, which is what made it impressive, like in like literally measurable snow on the ground to force overtime and then to win the game in overtime. But certainly, that performance from Matt Gay was impressive and is the storyline of that game. But Jimmy, I felt like I'm going to officially declare Week three of the 2023 NFL season in the Colts' 22-19 win over the Baltimore Ravens, officially I'm going to declare that the Chris Ballard game. And I've been critical of Chris Ballard, like a lot of people. And there are a lot of areas where Chris Ballard, I feel, has erred in building this roster. But if you look at the players yesterday and the storylines that carried Indianapolis, Jonathan Taylor wanted big money because he's a 1,500-plus yard back and he feels like he should be paid as such moving forward. And I understand it. And as we've talked about ad nauseum and don't need to go over again, there's truth really on both sides of that discussion. But from the Colts' standpoint, they have thought two things. Number one, look, we don't necessarily need to overpay for a running back in 2023 because it's a fungible position. That's the line in the sand that the Colts basically have drawn. Whether they've outwardly said it or not, that was their thinking. What did they get yesterday? Zach Moss, who runs really hard and is a fun player to watch because that dude just his legs just keep churning 122 yards on 30 carries right and in addition to that Moss adds another 23 through the air so right there advantage Chris Ballard point made in terms of the quarterback position everybody knew that this year was about drafting a new quarterback and handing the keys over to them but you also had to have a veteran who not only had the present, like the the professionalism, to be able to know when to step aside to let the young buck get the reins, but then also come in and be a professional and play well and try to win games when your number is called. 
and yes, it was probably more Shane Steichen called than Chris Ballard, but the guy that they decided to go ahead and select is that mentor who can fill in at times and try to win you games, Gardner Minshew. Check Chris Ballard. That's the guy that he that he was comfortable putting in there. And Minshew, for the first time in his career in 25 starts, gets a win over a team with a 500 record or a 500 team or better, right? So good for him. Now, addition to that, forever, Chris Ballard has been – we have been banging on him, myself leading for, first and foremost, about his lack of developing receivers and going out and getting them. Michael Pittman, who we've known as a really good player, nine catches yesterday. But how about Josh Downs? Gardner Minshew doesn't get in rhythm and doesn't feel comfortable without Josh Downs. And yes, they did sack Gardner Minshew five times. That's an issue. And that is one of them that's on Ballard because that offensive line. It's a big one. It is. And and there were some costly penalties, too, that didn't wind up costing them. But there were enough issues where the Colts lose this game. You're pointing back to the O-line. You're right. But Downs was a guy that... That's a that's a heck of a find in the draft. Yep. Alec Pierce finally showed that he's got a pulse, had three catches, right? But then let's go to the defense. Who are the guys that made plays for them? First off, Juju Brent's going to be a player. Yep. Juju Brent's to me, I made this comparison yesterday, and, and I get it. One game does not a career make. One quarter does not a game make. And one minute does not a quarter make. I get all that. But Juju Brents had some moments yesterday, and at times I'm like, this dude is not afraid. Like, this dude's mixing it up. He has, dare I say it. Now, I'm just talking about tendencies. I'm not talking about career. I'm not talking about overall value. I'm not talking about overall ferocity, any of that. But he has a little Bob Sanders nastiness in him. Which is fitting because Bob Sanders was his favorite Correct. Colts player. And they both played in up. Iowa, right? Correct, yeah. But like he has that, like when a when somebody makes a reception, and Brent's has come is moving in, like he ain't just like coming in, like he is heat seeking. He right? has that dog in him. You could say it, Jake. No question. You drop it. He does. He's got a swagger for sure, and I like that about Juju Brent's first time that we really got a chance to see it. But when they needed plays yesterday. When the Colts needed plays yesterday defensively, quite frankly, it was some... And I realized Chris Ballard's the president and the general manager, so obviously the entire roster is his responsibility. But it's the players that he kind of has stood out on limbs on and taken heat about that were the ones yesterday that made plays. The biggest play of the game, quite frankly, the biggest play in the game was on Baltimore's last possession when Quiddy Pay goes in and gets a sack that pushes them basically out of field goal range, or else you lose that game. you got the greatest leg in the history of the National Football League on the other side of the field, and that's on a field that has one guy that hit four of them over 50 yesterday. But Justin Tucker is automatic from like 58 in. Quiddy Pay made the biggest play of the game yesterday. And that's another one that we have been basically urged to be patient. EJ Speed, when he's out there, makes plays. He's a difference maker in the schemes. When EJ Speed's on the field, he makes plays. That's another one. That was a find that we've been told basically to be patient. Dallas Flowers made plays. Guy that wasn't a highly coveted player, and yet they saw him, they saw something they liked, and they put him out there. 
the guys yesterday that made plays to win for the Indianapolis Colts are guys that Chris Ballard either stood on a limb for longer than others or took criticism for in acquiring. Matt Gay, big contract, irrelevant. Why would you do that to a kicker? That's why. So I'm not saying that we're going to do it every game. I'm not saying we're going to do it another game. But credit where due, and in this case, not Crow but Raven eaten on a plate, Chris Ballard was a huge part of why they won yesterday, and not a single person at this radio station or anywhere else that I saw predicted that Indianapolis would go in and win that game. Moali Cox was aware of it. I'm happy to help. <laughs> Kudos and congratulations to the Colts. And that was a hell of a game. It was a great effort. Now you got to put it together. And is this one of those years, like Luck's rookie year, where things fall their way and they exceed expectation? Why not? Why not? Now, it's probably going to be a little bit up and down. They're going to be, they won a game that we didn't think they would. Now they've got to avoid losing a game that we didn't think they'd lose. And in the NFL, uh, Shannon asked me yesterday, she said, we were watching the, what was the game last night, the late game, Pittsburgh and in Vegas. Yeah. And she asked me this, like every game that we watch, now are they good? Every game, now are they good? <laughs> so I, I told her, I said, Shannon, here's why people love the NFL. The reason people love the NFL is because there's like three elite teams, five pretty good teams, and then like 24 that are interchangeable. And the Colts right now are in that 24 interchangeable. Maybe they're in the five good. I don't know, but but you get my point. Any given Sunday, right? That's why people love it, Jimmy. Any given Sunday. A couple of things. First, as president of the company, I, I want to apologize to the company because... Well, A, I'm not as clever as Kevin Bowen. I'd love to say he stole my joke, but I'm stealing his. Um, I was Marcus Freeman's 11th man on Saturday. That's all I'll say on Notre Dame right now. They don't deserve any time in this segment. It's all Colts. But uh, that is why my voice sounds the way that it does. Secondly, I would agree with you, Jake, about the fact that a lot of guys that Chris Bauer went to bat for balled out yesterday, and he deserves recognition for that. I would also agree with how you opened the show, though, that one game does not a season make. And for me to define it as the Chris Ballard game, I need them strung together a little bit more from the guys you outlined, except for one guy. And this is where, from one president to another president, I will apologize because I ridiculed the Matt Gay signing when it happened. Thought it was an insensible amount of money to make to a special teams player. And the narrative, whether people spin narratives or not, there's a different conversation today if he goes two of four and the Colts lose that game because of a late Matt Gay miss, you could make an argument that some would have said it. He missed even the go ahead field goal that, oh, well, he had a great game, but I mean, we need that last one. But he rose above that occasion, set an NFL record for first player in NFL history, as you saw many a time at the end of that broadcast, to make four field goals in one game of 50 yards or more. He was incredible. And for that, I apologize to Chris Ballard for the criticism because that game alone. The fact that it gives you a path all of a sudden to maybe we can make some noise, maybe this can be a surprise year, is defined by Matt Gay's performance yesterday as well as a turnaround effort from the defense, a number of players to which Chris Bard went to bat for. The only caveat I have from yesterday at all, and this is something not for overreaction Monday but for later in the week, is what you mentioned. Everything changes and is cured by winning, but... This is still an offensive line that he invested for 
that gave up many a sack on Gardner Minshew yesterday that had a couple false start penalties late. It's all washed away today because the Colts won. But for those reasons, that's why I'm not fully ready to jump in and say it's a Chris Bauer game. But I will apologize for being wrong about the Matt Gay Well, signing. both can be true. Sure. I mean, they can have areas. You know, the offensive line. They're not mutually line, exclusive. Sure. The, the offensive line, in their defense, was banged up. Right. Now, it's his job to build depth on it for sure. But and Minshew, you know, maybe of the five sacks on Minshew, you know, maybe two of those are not sacks of Richardson. I, you know, we don't know. Or maybe I don't know if Ryan Kelly's there. There's more continuity on the line. Yeah. Maybe that helps. I mean, you know? there are factors that go into that, but. The if we were a judge and jury, we would say based on precedent that there still is issue there in terms of protection for sure, just based on the past evidence before that. But hey, in the end, I know people were super excited about it. I mean, I think there, I think people are a little bit incredulous over it because literally, like I remember this years ago. And I'm going on the way back here. But Butler was playing in the NCAA tournament. This was the very first years of, and there's a there's a Colts relation to this story. In the early years of basically what we now know is, not, not even the internet, but, you know, in today's day, Jimmy, local television stations don't necessarily need to be going all the time and, and on the road to cover every event because you can see stuff, you can download it instantly, right? You can you can go onto your computer and instantly watch Shane Steichen's press conference or whatever else. And when the NCAA tournament first began putting press conferences live up on satellite, the local news stations decided, wait a minute, maybe we don't need to be sending a a, a crew out to cover these games because we can just patch in and look in live on the press conferences. So one of the first years they decided to do that, that I recall, was in 2000. I worked at Channel 6. And Butler was playing Florida, okay? And Butler's playing Florida. Mike Miller hit a shot for the eventual national champion, Florida Gators, to to eliminate (laughs) Butler in round one. It was a sad young Jim that day. But... Well, you remember Butler hit a shot right before that to take the lead. Yeah. And I'm sitting in the Channel 6 sports office. It's myself, Dave First, and Ed Sorensen. And Butler takes the lead in that, and all three of us jump up like, whoa, you know, whatever. And Ed Sorensen stops us and goes, guys, like we, we, we can't get too excited about this, man. We need these guys to go down in flames because he was overly worried about the fact that we were the only television station that did not travel to go cover Butler. So if Butler had won, we look like fools because we're not there. We're just taking it live off as a satellite feed, right? Sure. The same thing kind of applies with the Colts winning in Baltimore. By no means in any way, shape, or form am I trying to be Johnny Buzzkill on a Monday. But I do think that there are people that when Matt Gay hit that kick, were like, holy cow, awesome. And then they're like, wait a minute, like, do we really need to be good this year, though? Because where the Colts are that's interesting is you're in this like kind of murky – do you remember your sophomore year of college? Your sophomore year of college was so weird because you come home for the summer after your sophomore year of college, and you've been away now for two years living by your own rules. Now you're back in your parents' house, and you're not yet 21, so you can't go to bars, but like you want to have people, your, your high school buddies over to your parents' house, and your parents are like, well, you better not be drinking watching the game because no one's 21. You're like, but I've been away at college for two years, Mom and Dad. It's this weird, gray, murky, yeah. like, what are we doing area? That's what being a 9-8 and eight football team is. 
like you're not old enough and mature enough yet to be a real playoff team, but you also like you're still young enough, but but you're also not young enough that you're getting a top five pick. So I think for a lot of people, for the Colts this year, it was like, we just got to muddle through this awkward freshman and sophomore year, and then we'll get things going. And it's like, whoa, wait a minute. Like, how did this happen? It's the first week of freshman year, and like the junior homecoming girl just actually said hi to us in the hallway. (laughs) What are we doing here, right? So I think they're trying to find out who they are, and I think fans are still a little bit incredulous as to how they handle all that. But either way, it doesn't take away from the fact that there are a few things more fun than when it's beautiful out, it's 65 degrees, it's sunny, it's the NFL Sunday, and you're driving around getting ready to prepare to go to the grocery store to get your week set, and you're like, holy cow, my team just won. It's pretty cool. It's a great feeling. There are a few feelings in, because the NFL is king, nobody likes it when their team is in the tank or when they are, you at some point long-term view the mediocrity of a eight nine season and you get worried about it but week to week there's nothing more thrilling than a victory and there's nothing more thrilling the way the Colts won yesterday so yeah a lot of people should be happy and a lot of people can be as incredulous or as hyped as they want to be because it's overreaction Monday and we welcome that here on the company I think but I am still in the I need to see it a couple more times before I'm willing to declare man maybe Maybe this is a playoff team, or or maybe that they they will surprise us and have a a shock year like Andrew Luck's rookie season. Maybe that happens. I'm not there yet, but we talked all last week about how critical this defense can be. We've talked all off season about how good it was that the Colts retained Gus Bradley, and the fruits of that labor continue to be shown the last couple of weeks. Now they're two and one. I don't want to say fully in the driver's seat, but you can start to even if you're a glass half full Colts fan and you're not like a super idealist that says hey they're going to run the table now and not going to lose another game this year if you're a sensible Colts fan even you could look at the schedule and say I don't know maybe maybe they can get in but here's the thing I'm not there but a Colts fan could you don't even the driver's seat isn't even determined until like week six sure I mean the car hasn't even left the garage yet by the way, uh, several, gas in the car. a couple of people have asked when I was standing up and we take the wide shot. Uh, this is Paris Brown sitting to my left, who is shadowing today. He is the pride of Whiteland High School and also uh, the extraordinaire of, no, what's the name of the arcade, Paris? Uh, Rascal's Fun Zone. Ros- Rascal's Fun Zone in Whiteland, right? Yeah. All right, you want to go, and uh, I'm a ringer on the racing games there, by the way. Uh, but that's where he's currently working, but he's in here shadowing today the pride of the Whiteland Warriors who have the best subliminal advertising in terms of the Warriors that is written on the headdress of the helmet of Whiteland High School, which are very cool, by the way. Um, elsewhere around the league, by the way, Jimmy, and Don Fisher's going to join us here coming up in just a minute, a couple of minutes. We'll talk about Indiana's uh, weekend and college football in general before we get back into the conversation with the Colts. Mike Chapel going to join us at 1 o'clock. Uh, Jimmy, Justin Fields, I mean, you almost feel bad for him, right, at this point? Yeah. I, it, the guy clearly has talent, but you want to talk about, at this point, is it psychological? I, I, I don't know. I mean, you want the biggest slump of the biggest slumps there, right? Yes. I mean... What, do you have 39 yards yesterday? If that... I mean, and you're looking at, I get it. They, they played the Chiefs, and that's fine, and the Chiefs are a great team. But for them to, like, you look at the inflated box score stats, they had their first turnover of the season. It happened from Blaine Gabbert in the third quarter when the Chiefs already called off the dogs and the game was over. They were unable to move the ball past the 50 for most of that first half, and when they did, it was usually a turnover that led to more Kansas City points. Justin Fields, 99 yards, 11-22 for 99 yards. I think his rating, he had a quarterback rating at one point. 
of a 16 something um oh man i mean his quarterback rating yesterday 58.7 11 to 22 for 99 yards a touchdown and a pick and and that was in garbage play not good right no the uh you talk about cars going one direction or another one car definitely has left its parking spot it's the bears on the caleb williams sweepstakes you're right i mean can't forget about minnesota either that's true the Vikes are 0-3, baby. And Dr. Mottman yesterday enjoying the PBR, the first of six. Jimmy, he sent me a picture. He drank the first of six as the Lions start their six-game streak on his six PBRs. Don Fisher going to join us next. Mike Chappell, 1 o'clock. Colts victory Monday here, 93.5, 107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Saturday night... Indiana, the crowd at Indiana, I felt bad because once they went into overtime, they kept having to like move to one side of the stadium, move to the next side of the stadium. A lot of exercise and calisthenics, I guess. The answer would be to have a full stadium, and then you can't move back and forth. But Indiana, a 29-27 win over the Akron Zips. Voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, joins us now. Don, I'll begin with this. I'll be honest with you. I knew nothing about Akron. I know that there are people that wanted to – like roll their eyes at a, at an overtime win over Akron. But in watching that game, I knew nothing about this kid, Dom, but that DJ Irons for Akron, I'll give him all the credit in the world, man. That dude is one of those guys I loved watching him play because um, you want to talk about a guy that just seemingly had the heart of a lion of trying to carry his team. I thought what you saw out of the Akron quarterback was as gutsy a performance as you're going to see probably this year in college football. Maybe I'm over-exaggerating, but I thought he was a heck of a player. Well, he did. He had a heck of a game. I, he might have had the best game of his life. Uh, there's no question that there were some question marks about him coming into the contest based on the people that I talked to from Akron because they thought he had been pretty inconsistent with his play up to that point in the season and last year kind of the same scenario however uh, in that ball game uh, he looks like Talia Tungavaloa <laughs> he did in Maryland next week <laughs> no he, he did phenomenal with his scrambling ability he he he, he threw the ball well I mean he, he did all the things that you want your quarterback to do and without question almost beat Indiana I don't want to say single-handedly, but close. No, it felt it that way, right? Performance, yeah. Well, did. and so, Don, I guess the question would be this. That does give glimpse. You know, if you're an optimist, you would say that that's a good preview for what Indiana faces in Maryland. But if you're a pessimist, you would say it illuminates a real area of need for Indiana to shore up quickly. Can they do so in terms of defensively between now and then? I hope so, because if they can't, they're going to get blown out because Maryland's a really good football team. They're 4-0. They've beaten everybody significantly that they've played so far this year. Um, Loxley's done a really good job from a coaching perspective and getting the players in there. that uh, They've always had really good skill players, always had speed, athleticism in their athletes, but honestly, um, they're on a roll right now. And to get them stopped... Indiana's going to have to play the best game that they played up to this point, and it can't be 
15 minutes or 30 minutes of good football. It's got to be 60 minutes of really good football if they're going to win it. Don, you'll take wins wherever you can in a quest to get a bowl appearance. As you look back at that game and look post-game from the Hoosiers, would you describe the atmosphere more as frustration or, or relief after that one? I would call it frustration. Um, there, it was relief to win it, but it just lasted long enough to remember what how, what else happened in the rest of the football <laughs> game. Because what we saw was just, it was inexplicable. I mean, literally, I have no idea what happened defensively in this contest to, to a defense that we thought might carry this team for a while, while the freshman quarterback and, and the rest of this offense caught up to them. Uh, and then the offense it looked like a bunch of guys that just didn't have everything going for them on that particular evening. You had two of your best receivers. Donovan McCulley dropped a touchdown pass. I mean, there was nobody around him, and he drops a ball that literally should have been caught and turned around and ran into the end zone. Uh, it was just such an easy play to make, and he and he and he dropped it. And that's, I mean, you don't see Donovan McCulley drop passes like that hardly ever. Uh, especially this year after he's really improved himself so much over the last two years now. And then Cam Camper, your best receiver, he drops one just like it. I mean, not not quite that significant. Uh, wasn't going to probably go for a touchdown, but it was going to pick up big yardage of the play, and he dropped it. So you had two of your best receivers make mistakes, and then, of course, you had your quarterback, Taven Jackson, who had obviously his worst game so far in the first four games of the season. So, uh, and, and that's not uh, you're you're going to have a freshman quarterback make some mistakes every now and then. And that, that's just what you expect. But unfortunately, it came in a ball game where Indiana really needed to be much better than they were throughout, and they just had the good fortune of finding a way to win it at the end, helped out by the fact that the Akron kicker missed the game-winning field goal from about 30 yards out. Don, I'm going to use one of sports broadcasting's biggest cliches here, and I apologize for that, but. Since we are four games in now, do we yet know Indiana's football identity this year, or are they still is the incons- is their identity inconsistency? That's the identity I would say that they've got right now because it's been not just in that ball game on Saturday, but uh, obviously the week before against Louisville, they had a bad first half. Uh, defensively especially, and, and then a really good second half offensively and defensively. Uh, against Indiana State, you could say, well, that was expected because Indiana State's a, a team that's struggling and nowhere near has the man talent that Indiana has. And then in that first ball game, you just got the feeling, well, the offense is going to be slow coming because you're still battling for trying to figure out who's going to be your starting quarterback. And yes, your defense played really well in that game, or at least kept Indiana in the ball game in that contest. So you've got the feeling that defense might carry the day for this football team this year. But wow, the last the inconsistency is certainly the right term to be used by this for this football team right now. And in my mind, there's no way to predict what's going to happen the rest of the year. Don, we know that the goal is to make a bowl game, and through four games as Big Ten conference play approaches, got two wins now. This question is slightly nullified because my co-host knows that IU is going to the big house and beating Michigan on October 14th. They're going to stun the world October 14th. So there's already one win there, so maybe this nullifies this question. (laughs) A loss to Maryland, what does that do to the bowl counter when you look at the Big Ten slate for the Hoosiers this year? Well, a lot of people would have said going in that Maryland was probably going to be a heavy favorite in this ballgame against Indiana, and that's probably still the case. Uh, they're, They're going to be the favorite for sure. 
But, but at the same time, and and I, I hate predicting because I think it just makes you look stupid at the end of the thing when nothing you said comes out right. So all I can <laughs> tell you at this point is uh, I think this team is up in the air right now. Uh, if they don't have focus going into this game against Maryland, they'll get blown away. If they do have focus and they play up to their capabilities, they'll give Maryland all they can handle. But unfortunately, right now, we have no idea whether that's going to happen or not based on what we just saw. Don, last question for me is about Maryland itself. I, you know, it's interesting because I guess when Maryland joined the Big Ten, I, I, I didn't think about the fact that – and I, I don't know that I realized that it's basically in suburban D.C. I mean, it's, it's – so my question is, when you go into an environment like that, knowing that it's a good football team – but is it the typical on-campus type raucous feel, intimidating type crowd, or is it a, a, an environment that is fairly manageable so long as you get off to a good start? I think uh, if you were talking about their basketball program, they have a, a really good basketball program, as you know, at Maryland, and their crowds are really good. And when Indiana comes to town, Maryland looks at Indiana, especially from a basketball perspective, as being one of those the marquee wins if they can get it and they they respond accordingly the fan base i'm talking about their student body is really jacked into it and and so you that's what you get from a football perspective i don't think it's quite as much but this maryland team under loxley has really built their their fan base a little bit since he's been there they think that they've got something special going on with uh, Tunga Valoa at the quarterback position and then the rest of the skill position people that they have. And they've added to that uh, with transfer portal people, their offensive and defensive side of the ball. So uh, I think this is going to be a really tough, tough test for this Indiana ball club. I, it's their first true road game of the year. Of course, they played at Lucas Oil, but the other three games were here at Memorial Stadium. It, it, I think it's going to be a real challenge for this Indiana ball club, and, and they're going to have to bounce back with their best performance of the season, like I said earlier, if they have a chance to win it. Game will be at 3.30 coming up on Saturday. Of course, you can hear it on 93 WIBC, our sister station. Don, appreciate the time as always. Look forward to talking to you again next week. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Don Fisher, the voice of the Indiana Hoosiers. Speaking of college football, uh, Jimmy, we should probably get into, you know, both of us, obviously different levels of disappointment. For me being a Clemson fan, disappointing to lose to Florida State, not that anybody here cares, but um, – but you also knew that Clemson, it wasn't like Clemson was going to put themselves right back into the mix of the college football playoff by beating Florida State, but it was right in the grasp of their hands and a couple of plays down the stretch that they just boneheaded plays that they turned, you know, they, they, they snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. But that night, uh, the big one, Notre Dame and Ohio State, I thought personally that Notre Dame – that was a game that those two teams were pretty darn even with one another, and you're not going to like me saying this, Jimmy, but um, in reality, I think Notre Dame is lucky that they did not lose that game by 7 to 10 points, quite frankly, because Ohio State seemed to have more missed opportunity than did Notre Dame. And in the end, we're able I to mean, make the play to win it. I mean, I'm not – look, I don't like the – this is not the conversation you started, but I need to use it as a defense point for why I don't agree with that. Uh, if they make a field goal in the first half, Notre Dame – just like Ohio State missed one, uh, if they or didn't take one, if they don't get stopped on 
fourth and short twice in the first half or they settle and kick the field goal. That's the argument I don't want to have today. Like, it's an old school versus new school philosophy. When you're past the 50, what do you do? Take the points, not take the points. It's not the conversation I want to have today. Um, I think you can make an argument either way. I thought both teams played a great game. I think if Notre Dame capitalized on some of their opportunities they did not capitalize on, maybe they're ahead by double digits instead of only by three at the end of that game. Um, The big talking point from it, Jake, is... A buddy of mine that went with me asked what was worse, the Bush push, which I was 10 for, but still a rabid Notre Dame fan, or that game. And I said the Bush push because it was later in the season. It was USC Notre Dame. uh, It was a controversial finish the way that ended. And yeah, I mean, I, I still stand by that today. But I was content with, hey, great game, whatever, that's fine. And then as I'm walking to the car, I see the news that they only had 10 men on the field for the last two plays of the game. And before that final two play set, it was out of a timeout. They didn't notice it. Uh, it's inexcusable. It's very maddening, but, but I don't know. I'm not sitting here saying ah, they need to get rid of Marcus Freeman or ah, they need to make a big change on the coaching staff, but it's just maddening that you could have that type of mental lapse as a staff with your biggest game of the season and not address it. Like his, his, his rationale for, ah, we don't want to take a penalty there. Well, okay. I get it. Cause maybe they snap the ball first and they don't get it. And then you give them a second chance reach across the offensive line, hit a guy in the face and just take the encroachment penalty and they don't get to try it early, right? That's what Coach Freeman was worried about. Um, that accompanied with their late game decision making, same thing with Clemson, of not just running the ball three times and putting Which it away. inexcusable, yes. right? I mean, yeah. now, here was my thing with the Notre Dame-Ohio State game. Which is a wonderful game if you have no rooting interest to watch it. Beautiful it game. Two great teams. Yes. I mean, it was a great game, right? Yeah. But... For me, that game was like mayonnaise versus Real Housewives of Orange County, right? I the only two the only thing in the world that I like less than mayonnaise is being forced to watch the Real Housewives of Orange County. So as I'm sitting there and I'm like, I can eliminate one of these two things from my life: mayonnaise or Real Housewives of Orange County. I I go back and forth and back and forth, and it's hard to pick just one, right? <laughs> Ohio State and Notre Dame, I'm thinking about the college football playoff, which I love the college football playoff, so long as it doesn't include Ohio State or Notre Dame. And so I'm looking at it, and I'm going, okay, if I if there's any way to eliminate both these teams from the college football playoff, which is going to be difficult to do because they are both clearly top five or ten teams. But I thought, if the road team wins, then the – in other words – it's not a huge egregious loss for either of these two teams because it was so close, but it would be a harder hurdle to overcome for Notre Dame because they're at home. So if I've got to eliminate mayonnaise or Real Housewives of Orange County, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna take the one that has the greater chance of being permanently eliminated. Which and, one is it of those two, by the way? I, you know, I. I it's difficult, man, to, to pick which of the – here's the thing. Quite frankly, I would say between Notre Dame and Ohio State, I like Notre Dame less because, number one, I'm obviously around a lot more of my friends who, who like them, right? But secondly, there's a boorish arrogance with both fan bases, but Ohio State's is at least in, in the last 20 years backed up. Yep. Notre Dame's isn't, quite frankly. 
Um, All the more reason that I'm frustrated after Saturday's performance. Look, they're, they're really good. And Marcus Freeman's really likable. I, I, you know, I mean, there are a lot. And, and I like Sam Hartman a great deal. I mean, I, when I watch him at Wake Forest, I'm like, that guy is a good player. I mean, he's a People a wanted to compare player. him to past Notre Dame quarterbacks that have been average, like Ian Book, like, you know, Tommy Reese. It, Neither of those quarterbacks hang the way that Hartman did on Saturday. Well, he's also thirty-two. But I mean, yes. but I but I get it. No, but I, I mean, like, like no, that's he's, a, he's knock a very him. good. He's he, a very good and very easy yeah. to root for quarterback. No question about it. Uh, back to the Colts conversation next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I want to thank everybody that is checking us out on the YouTube page. Although, admittedly, it still makes me self-conscious. I, you know, now uh, it's not so bad because I actually have time to like shower and make myself presentable. Morning show it was a little rough. And you of, have a nice a haircut too. Four fifty-nine barber lounge. Thank you, Eddie. It looks you know, fabulous, doesn't it? Yes, it looks pretty good. It does. I will say. I got into the elevator this morning after I recorded a podcast with Kevin. And it had an aroma in it, <laughs> and I knew it was you. Well, thank you. Because uh, I could smell the, the hefty amount of dosage of cologne that you put on today. You know what? Maybe we do need an HR department. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> honestly, like this is starting to make me feel uncomfortable. What kind Paris, of did you notice uh, a, a, an overwhelming aroma of cologne when you walked in? Well, you can't ask him. He's going to say no. I mean, I can smell you. Yeah, see? Well, that's it's uh, not Tom Ford today, by the way. This one, the, the, the problem is... Oh, nice. The problem is it only lasts like an hour, and then it kind of wears away. But it's Mandarin, Tom, Warren, uh, Tom Ford Mandarin. Thank you, Eddie. For You're welcome. Now, in terms of the haircut from 459 Barber Lounge, and I know that this is difficult for those of you watching on the, the YouTube, but um, this kind of sexiness isn't entirely natural. It comes with the assistance of a fabulous haircut at 459 Barber Lounge and having a cold beer while I was... Sitting there getting my haircut. I mean, what's I, your beer of choice when you get your haircut like that? Uh, typically, my beer of choice would be probably a PBR, but there I went with the Sun King Cream Ale that they had. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. The Sun King Cream Ale. Um, Alex, by the way, says this, and, and, and this is the kind of stuff where younger me would have been really upset by this. Older me now. Um, How young, younger you? Pre heart attack. All right. Then you almost die, and you're like, hey, you know what? Life's cool. <laughs> Uh, Alex says, did someone put mayo in your coffee this morning, Query? Way to be a buzzkill for a fan base that hasn't had a lot to cheer about in recent years. So let me get this straight. I opened the show by saying it's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful victory day. Um, how awesome is it that the Colts won yesterday? What a tremendous win. Uh, Matt Gay had arguably the best performance for a kicker that we've seen in Indianapolis. You called it the Chris Ballard game. I call it the Chris Ballard game and then went like systematically one by one with every player that helped win them that game and stepped up and rose to the occasion. God, way to kill the mood. And then said that I will gladly eat Raven or eat Crow because of the fact that not only had I been critical of Chris Ballard, but the, his key players that he has stood on a limb for or been or or preached patience about are the ones that made key plays i gave credit to quitty pay i gave credit to michael Pittman. i gave credit to uh, uh, what more do you where was i a buzzkill you might as well just say they're not winning again this season to be done with it honestly i mean which is not what i said right no i mean if anything i was the one that was the more negative of the two of us and the only pushback i got was i didn't say i was wrong which i was wrong somebody pointed out in the youtube chat that i only apologized to chris Ballard about mad gay yeah i was wrong i was wrong about not paying the kicker because honestly if you were 
really being overcritical of the Colts, you would say, well, our field goal is really good enough. Yes, they're good enough because they win games. But like, it was a struggle fest for them to get the ball past what the. 35 to 40 through number of times throughout that game. Through so, the air, too. Yeah, exactly. So, like, it, it was not a perfect offensive game, but the difference between, at least from that particular category, a year ago to now is you can rely on somebody to go get you at least three points. And Mackey did that four times, first time ever, more than 50 yards in a game. Good for him. You know, the, um, the thing about that, that kind of cracks me up, Moali Cox yesterday, rightly so, right? Moali Cox, rightly so, yesterday tweeted out the fact of the screen grab <laughs> of this radio station of every person picking against the Colts. Everybody picked the Ravens. I had 26 20, <laughs> you know, whatever, right? Yep. What always makes me laugh, Ryan Day. Ryan Day, after Ohio State beats Notre Dame, calls out Lou Holtz. I can't believe Lou Holtz. First off, I was most impressed that Ryan Day could understand Lou Holtz, right? Of what he was saying. That alone is a victory. But. But Ryan Day like calls out Lou Holtz. Lou Holtz said this about our team and said we're not tough and da 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 da. And, and writers all the time, or, or I mean, excuse me, coaches all the time. Well, the writers said this about us. The radio said this. These guys don't know this. They don't know that. Which is beautiful because what does every player say before every game ever? I don't pay attention to that stuff. We don't read. I don't read that stuff. You guys talk that stuff. I don't read. We don't pay attention to. It. I don't read the papers. That happened on a Friday. That happened Friday of game day. So either. It was sent to Ryan Day, or he took time out of his day to watch said Lou Holtz clip. I like to imagine they had Lou Holtz on a loop nope. in the locker room. How do these guys? Game. How does every athlete and every coach get motivated by the media when they don't actually pay attention to any of it? Allegedly, uh, Matt joins us two three nine ten seventy. What's up, Matt? Hey, I think that the Ballard praise is way ahead of ourselves. Um, the offensive line still can't pass block. Uh, actually, the best offensive lineman we have right now is Bernard Ryman. Uh, the, the center of the line goes straight back into the quarterback every time he drops back. Fair. Whether, whether or not those guys get sacks, you know, it's like, oh, Nelson won his, his battle because his man didn't get the sack. No, but his man was the reason that Minshew went straight out of the back of the end zone on, you know, the play. Um, so Matt, all I said was this: in terms of Ballard praise, I'm just saying in that particular game, the players that rose to the occasion are players that Chris Ballard urged us to be patient. That, that's all. I, I don't disagree with you. The, the line, as Jimmy pointed out earlier, I mean, five sacks on Minshew are all of those sacks on Anthony Richardson. We don't know. I, it's probably apples and oranges to an extent. Three of them probably are because Kyle, Kyle Hamilton just got to the quarterback. He did, man. Totally, totally. With literally, it was like pass, go, and get your two hundred. Here you go, right to Minshew. Mike Chappell's next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Mike Chappell is the Colts writer, of course, from Fox 59 CBS 4 here in Indianapolis. Kind enough to join us each Monday, as he does now. And Mike, I'm going to begin with this question for you. I've been mulling this over in my mind over and over. Part of me during that game yesterday, and I thought, you know, look, that was obviously 
for the Colts, a very good performance. And I loved that, you know, there's nothing better. I mean, fall, the weather's great. Before the weather turns, the Colts are leading. They're surprising people. It's it's us against the world type mentality. I, I love it for the city. I love it for the fans. And then there's part of me also deep down that's like, but unless they're going to make a deep playoff run, I don't know how much it helps them this for this year because they still need assets around Richardson. Then I think, I don't know, maybe they have assets and we didn't realize it. Is the truth kind of somewhere in all of that? Yeah, I, I, I understand your argument. This is all about winning three or four games and getting a top three pick and getting Marvin Jr. or whatever. But you don't know. I mean, you just don't know. You've got to if you're in the, if you're the DeForest Buckner, you think he cares about the draft next year? Hell no. So you, you just you just try to win and you try to get what you can. And you know maybe Jacksonville's not that good. Maybe you've got a pretty good Tennessee's not very good. Tennessee's bad. So maybe you've got a legit chance in the AFC South. You know we'll see. But you just you can't as a fan base. Yes, you can think about that. But don't take that narrative into the locker room because you might get smacked. <laughs> but but I totally understand it. But you, you just try to win each week. And here, here we go, Mr. You know, Nuclelouche cliches. But that's what you do. And if at the end of the year you won, you know, more games and now you're drafting, you know, middle of the pack or in the 20s, whatever, well, then that's just the way it is. And you make the best out of your picks. So... I'm kind of curious where this goes. I think it's, you know, not, not many people. I think I think Kevin's Max might have picked the Colts. I'm not sure if I remember right. I think he did, but not many people picked the Colts. And the fact that you go into Baltimore and you can smack the Ravens, it's, it's kind of cool, isn't it? I mean, really. So I, I think it's one where you just ride just where it goes, and at the end you kind of see, well, yeah, this kind of we didn't make the playoffs or or whatever. So it hurt our it hurt our draft spot, but at the same time, one of the things that Shane Steichen has to do is the old culture that everybody loves to talk about. Well, th- there's something to that. There is something to that, and the way you do that is to to play to the end and play through bad plays and benefit from from good plays that didn't go against you, and see where you're at. So I, I'm. Right now, I'm all about winning what you can win. And in January, we'll see if they messed up by winning too many times. Mike, 1 to 10 scale, 10 being the most, 1 being the least because you're factoring in injury and other such things. What is your level of concern still with the offensive line and their consistency or inconsistency? Oh, probably a 5. I don't know. Would they give up 5 sacks yesterday? 3 were on Minshew. Or, or the scheme. I mean, you know, okay, let's say two of them. One, one, you know, once Kyle Hamilton gets you the first time, then, then you don't adjust. I mean, holy smokes. And keep in mind, they were playing their number three center, uh, Wesley French, because Danny Penner is out. And then Josh Sills has to go in for, for Will Fry. So I understand. I understand it. But let's not forget that. Baltimore's got a pretty good defense. I mean, they got they got some stud players up front. So yeah, it's got to get better. You know, at the same time, Zach Moss ran for one twenty two. I mean, that that's I think I went back and looked. That's the fifth, the second highest 
total against Baltimore by a runner in the last, like, three years. So, yeah, yes, those things are cleaned up, but when you've got your number three center and, and a backup right guard in because of injuries or whatever, in totality, I think they're further along than what I thought they might be. Bernard Ryman, he's a left tackle. He is a left tackle. And this will be one of those uh, uh, interesting uh, decisions in about three years is what are you going to pay Bernard Ryman at left tackle? I mean, you know, big money. So I, I always thought that a few things come out of this season is get, get the quarterback up to speed, which he, he will be, and find out if you got a left tackle. And I think they've got a left tackle. The Dean Mike Chappell of Fox 9 CBS4 joins us on Query and Company. Chapp, you mentioned Zach Moss, 122 yards you referenced. Comes on 30 carries against, as you mentioned, a talented Ravens defense. Did he prove yesterday that he's capable of leading this backfield regardless of what happens with Jonathan Taylor? Are you asking me if I don't want Jonathan Taylor? No, 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 no. no. Let me clarify that. Uh, assuming Jonathan Taylor is not... Jonathan Taylor does not return to the Colts, whether on his own volition, whether he's traded. I'm saying that JT is not an option for the Colts. Zach Moss proved that I'm good. You don't need to worry about bringing in other veterans or fully doing this by committee. I can be a workhorse back for you for a season. Yeah, but you need but you need help. And Trey Sermon, maybe. I mean, it was it's really unfair to even judge Trey Sermon because he had like three practices. But I think I think he could be that 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 guy that gives you a, a little bit of a breather. But no, I, mean, I think I looked the last. Six games by Zach Moss. It's like 90 yards a game. Uh, uh, Average is 90 yards and 4.6. He's had a couple hundred yard games. Now, what what he really lacks is, you know, the the, the breakaway 60, 70 yard speed. But you know, there, there, there's only a handful of guys that have got that. So yeah, I, I think I think so. But th- but they need to find a little bit of help, and a little bit of help will come when they get the quarterback back, and he can. And he, and he can, you know, give you five or six plays in 30, 40 yards. So, yeah, I guess long-winded, yes, he's good enough. But JT would still make, you know, a world of difference. And we'll find out next week probably on what might be happening with Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, with that, Mike, because I guess we have what now? I'm trying to think. How many weeks left before he comes off of one week left, right, before he would have to come off next pup? Week. Yeah. Next week, yep. Uh, and so then at that point, what, what is the next procedural thing for the Colts in terms of is there anything that they have to – is there a timeline on when they have to make a decision about activating, et cetera, or can he continue? Can they put him back on another pup list? Where do things stand in terms of what the protocol would be? Yeah, so I'll look at this better. I, I believe that once you're on, you start on pup, you're out four games – and then it's it clicks a three week window, I believe, twenty one day window where, for, for, you know, he's got he's got to pass his physical, and at the end of that window, he's either activated or he's uh, on pup the rest of the year. If I'm wrong, then I'll next week I'll clear it up. But it, the first thing he's got to do is pass his physical, you know, and, and, and then we'll go from there. And talking to KB about this, and he's really right is. I keep thinking that they're just going to trade him because he doesn't want to be here. They don't seem to – the team doesn't seem to want to be here, although I think Chris Ballard really wants him here. But if you don't want him here, somebody's got to be willing to trade for him. And what the heck's Miami wanting for? Was he going to score 80? I mean, for crying out loud. Uh, 
so maybe maybe you won't have that that necessary interest when the time comes to dump him. So the best thing would be obviously for him to come in here and play, just play out play out his rear end and, and show that he's healthy, and then he can worry about next year, next year whether that's a franchise tag, whether that's an extension with the Colts, whether that's a trade. But first and foremost, he has to pass his physical, which everyone believes he can and he will. And then they've got a few uh, a few weeks to get him right, and we'll see if he's actually going to be in his backfield again. Maybe he is. Uh, and, again, he, he would just add so much to what they could do offensively. They're still needing those chunk plays, those explosive plays. Moss gave him a couple yesterday, and Pittman made that one great catch. But by and large, this team still doesn't have a lot of, you know, explosion in their offense. And that's JT in a, in, in, in a nutshell as explosive plays. Mike Chappell is our guest. By the way, one NFL note just found out wide receiver Mike Williams of the Chargers uh, out for the season with a knee injury uh, after a big day yesterday for Justin Herbert and the L.A. Chargers. Um, Mike Chappell joining us from WXIN and from CBS4, of course. Mike, one of the things about me that you probably know because – we've known each other a long time sometimes I get transfixed on things I cling to them right like I get something in my mind and I can't shake it loose and like that. so I, I want to revisit this topic and and then uh, again give you the opportunity to tell me that it's time to turn the page officially and move on from this thought I thought Gardner Minshew yesterday looked good um he clearly is a pro's pro, and I just think the world of the guy I love the way that he played I think he knows his own limitation um, did he have a couple of plays he'd like to have back? Sure. But clearly for the New York Jets, the Zach Wilson thing is going absolutely nowhere. And I think they wanted to give that a look-see, and they've seen enough to now know that that's going to go nowhere. In the case of the Colts, this is clearly Anthony Richardson's team and his future. As he's coming back now, and Gardner Minshew got just enough to show that, yes, in fact, with a roster around him that is really good in the Jets' case, he can win you a game, and he can do it better than Zach Wilson. Is it still, do you think, am I crazy for still thinking I would make the phone call to see if the Jets have interest in him, and do you think the Jets would? Boy, it's it's it, one thing that's hard is to, to bring in a quarterback on on a Monday or a Tuesday and then try to get him up to speed in two weeks or or whatever. But it's, they're going to basically have to do that. The Jets are with no matter who well, they have taking snaps, right? No, 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 no question, no question. And also, the Jets have got an awful. You, you want to talk bad offensive lines? The Jets have got a bad offensive line, and Minshew's uh, uh, strengths are lessened when there's pressure in his face. I understand what you're saying. And one thing to, to keep in mind, and it was your original argument about winning too many games and draft picks and all this, you know, all of a sudden, you know, two and one, I, it's so early, it's so early. But it, it's it's two and one, and, and all of a sudden, maybe the AFC South isn't Jacksonville's. Maybe they're not, maybe they're Jacksonville, you know what I mean? from the past. Uh, so maybe you're not going to give up on this season. And then, well, if Richardson has another injury, then it's Sam Ellinger. Well, Sam, Sam has played, and Sam should have beat Washington last year. 
you know, if Gilmore knocks the ball down to, to, to McLaurin, the Colts win. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess if I could get a four for him, you won't get a three, I don't think. I would I would like to listen and, and see what they say. So, but yeah, I, I, I guess I wouldn't certainly simply turn it down because of all the things we've talked about. And I think Sam Ellinger is better can can do enough to keep you going because you're really only going to go as far as Richardson takes you. You know, they didn't. Well, I don't want to dump on Gardner Minshew. Uh, he did. He 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 made a few plays yesterday, but he was probably fourth or fifth on my list of why they won. Maybe a few notches below that, just because that's what Baltimore does to you. They just make you look bad. They make you look ugly. They make you look like you don't know what you're doing. But he, he, they didn't lose. God, boy, they didn't lose because of Gardner Minshew. That's not a compliment at all. But yeah, I I, I would listen. And if they gave me something decent, a three, boy, a three, how do you not? How do you not? And that, that would show you the, the trust they have in, in Sam Ellinger. Uh, interesting, uh, but the Jets, what, what a mess. I mean, it's almost, it's comically painful to watch Mike Greenberg in the morning go from Aaron Rodgers and wearing his jersey before the season started to being Kevin Bacon in Animal House and just, and just panicking. So <laughs> I, 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 I draw some pleasure from that, but that's an interesting topic, and I won't totally dismiss it. Chat, building off that same topic, this is not my question, but you know as well as anybody for as long as you've covered this team that Colts fans, like any fan base, will get antsy. To the Colts fan that says, I don't know if I want to see Richardson back out there. Let's let this Minshew thing ride. Maybe he can lead us to the playoffs. You say what? Well, I'll get you guys fined if I said what I would want to say. <laughs> That's BS. That's just garbage. Now, I tell you, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even listen if he was out there, twenty for thirty for three fifty and three touchdowns. I wouldn't. I, I just wouldn't. Uh, and that's not what it was. Remember, what was he a five point one yards an attempt? Something that's like that. That's not going to win. That's not sustainable. So you know, if if people need to say Minshew mania and all that, hey, knock yourself out. Have another couple of beers, so then it makes really good sense to you. But no, no, he's a backup quarterback, and I hope that Gardner Minshew understands what his role is. I think he tells us he does. So hopefully he does. No, this is this is Richardson. I think he practices Wednesday, probably limited. He's still got to go through protocol. He's not out of protocol at all. He and Ryan Kelly, but no, let's let's just let's really let's not tap the brakes. Let's slam on the brakes on that right now. And as soon as Richardson is ready, he is a starting quarterback without question. Five point two yards, by the way, chap. Don't sell him short. I'm sorry. I hate to sell him <laughs> short. I'm sorry, Mike. I saw an interesting quote yesterday, and I apologize. I don't know the specific player off the top of my head's recall. But to paraphrase it, one of the Texans players after their game yesterday where they defeated Jacksonville was talking about and praising C.J. Stroud and said, man, the best thing to happen to us was late in the year when Indianapolis beat us because we fell to C.J. Stroud. And I thought, that's kind of a backhanded compliment because is that not an admission that, yes, in fact, they also would have taken Bryce Young, number one? Um, Again, 
it's so early. You know, Justin Fields, who also, of course, an Ohio State quarterback, looked like a guy that was going to be the deal in Chicago, and then water finds its level, and now he is really struggling. It's just so hard to know at the quarterback position. But, in fact, is C.J. Stroud to you, Mike, have we seen enough to know that this guy could be the guy, or is it still just way too early? Well, when you say the guy, I think he's shown – we've seen enough that he's going to be a guy who can play and lead a team and and maybe be something special. I don't want to go there yet. But it's sort of the same with Anthony Richardson. I've seen enough in what he played five quarters to know that this isn't too big for him. And, and if he can avoid a few of those plays and they, a couple of them are avoidable. The last one was avoidable. It just was, I'm convinced of it that if he doesn't downshift a little, he doesn't get the concussion because he doesn't get hit. But I've seen enough to believe it. He, he, he's right. CJ Stroud's right. Bryce Young, I'll tell you. I don't know. I, 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 you've, you've got the height issue and the weight issue, but he just looks lost. And, and maybe as a rookie, that's okay, but I'd much rather have the two guys that the Colts and Houston have and, and look to the future as opposed to Bryce Young. But maybe Bryce Young comes out. Remember Peyton Manning in his third or fourth game in New England on the road? Looked awful. Looked like, you know, don't throw that ball across the field. You know better than that. But it, it's, it's, it's the rookie year is all about learning, seeing things that you never thought you would see, coming through it, bad times, and coming out the other side. And I think the two guys in the AFC South have shown us enough, I think, to think, that, yeah, these guys have got it, and these two franchises are in pretty good hands if they get the team around them better. And Chris Ballard knows that. He's got work to do. Uh, but but at least when you've got the quarterback, you get a chance. How many times have we talked about it? When you get the quarterback – I would rather have the really, really good quarterback than the really, really good coach. I just would. But uh, I think the coaches have got two of those right now, and that's a good step into the future. Mike, when you look back at Peyton Manning's rookie year, I recall in the preseason, I believe it was, when they played the Chargers, Ryan Leaf had like a quarterback sneak and spiked the ball. Yep. And I think it was Dave first. I don't want to throw Dave under the bus, but I, I remember looking at whoever was next to me. might have been Hagan up in the press box and we're like did they take the wrong guy (laughs) you know and of course you laugh at it now right but can you if you were able to go in the way back were there ever doubts in your mind during that rookie year and I say this only to offer precedent to people to be cautious about you know having a rookie quarterback and and the highs and lows that can come for your expectation were there any times during the course of the year of Peyton Manning's rookie year where you, in fact, did have a, had a little bit of doubt? And was there a definitive moment where you're like, okay, my doubt can now completely be put to bed? No real doubts. Uh, first of all, Ryan Leaf imploded from the get-go. I mean, he, he was – and it was just sort of appropriate that Peyton's first victory, I think, was against Ryan Leaf. It was an ugly game. It was like 17-12. to 12. But the, 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 the flash point – and I've talked to Peyton about this, and he agrees, and, and I was – it was in Frisco when they went out there and got beat. I don't know what it was, 30, 24, whatever it was. And they got absolutely hosed. The NFL 
the officials were just – they had three or four plays that just killed the Colts. And the NFL, it was so obvious. NFL came out like that next Tuesday or Wednesday and said, yeah, we really botched those plays. Uh, sorry, Indy. Uh, but from that time on, which was like week eight or nine, you knew. You knew he was the real deal. And not that you didn't know before, because there, there was always something about Peyton that, that even even in the bad times at New England or whatever – he he just he just carried himself the right way. You know the, the it factor he had it. But after the Frisco game on the road, when they just flat and should have beat him, you knew that this was going to work out. Now you didn't know it was going to kind of take off like it did once they got Edger in the next year. But uh, yeah, I, so, so yeah, be careful. I, I I'm just questioning whether any of these rookies will play enough to get those 28 interceptions. I don't think they will. That's that's still the the one stain, a small stain on Peyton's resume that he always jokes about, the the record rookie record. I don't think anyone's going to get that. But uh, again, I I think the Colts got their guy. I really do, and I think Houston got their guy. And and uh, as I say, when you get the quarterback, all things are possible. Do you think yesterday said more about? Mike Chappell, the Houston Texans or the Jacksonville Jaguars in seeing the way that Houston was able to really control the entire pace of the game against the other from the AFC South and Jacksonville. But doesn't say it has to say something about Jacksonville. I mean, they were the they were are the overwhelming favorite to win the division. Yet, as I said earlier, We've all fallen for this for this line before. Well, this is a year that Jacksonville really loaded up in free agency, this, that, and the other, and then they and then, and then they fall. And what they've lost two in a row at home. And I still like Trevor Lawrence. I still like Doug Peterson, but there, there was something wrong. And uh, so I, I I I still don't. I still think Jacksonville's the real deal because of the guy, the quarterback, and the coach. But they had to throw some serious jitters into their fan base by how they played. I think have they lost their last two at home. So that's that's why I say with the Colts, it's it's so easy to say, hey, you know, maybe it's it's only two and one. But I tell you, and then here we are in the media, we look ahead. You've got the Rams who play tonight, and then I don't know they stay here, they go home, and then fly back next weekend, and then you got Tennessee at home. So, you know, why not? Why, why can't you do things that only people inside the building really thought you could do? Although, I'd love to have a a, a, a lie detector test with, with everybody in that building and how many of them thought they could beat Baltimore, really. But, boy, they did, and, and it's, it's just kind of cool to see things happen that you don't expect. And with Matt Gay, and, and if you get Richardson back this week, and maybe Kelly... And then sort of kind of grow the offense where where you think it can be. So until they end up, you know, two and two and fifteen, I think you just ride this and see where it takes you. Just remember, Mike, athletes and coaches don't pay attention to the media and they don't read what anybody writes until you predict a game incorrectly. And then times have we heard that? What I always say is, well, then who who read it to you? Because if you didn't read it, somebody sure the hell read it to you. That's right. Yeah, it's it's funny how. With you know now Lou Holtz is under their skin. Really, you're letting Lou Holtz? Well, 
ruin your day? Are Chap, you crazy? Like I said earlier about Ryan Day, the most impressive thing that Ryan Day did this week was not go in and win at Notre Dame. It was actually understanding what the hell Lou Holtz said, right? <laughs> yeah, I quit think I quit listening to Lou Holtz. God bless him a long time ago. But if 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 that, if that motivates teams. When 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 Lou Holtz says that, then God love you. You have problems. <laughs> well, Mo Ali Cox made sure to point out that every member of this radio station predicted the Baltimore Ravens would win that game. But to be fair, the Colts hadn't shown anything leading up to it to give us reason to believe. Now they have, so kudos to them, right? Well, my my grandson picked up picked, picked the Colts twenty four twenty one. So, and he and he let his dad know that. Tell Grandpa that uh, he didn't know what he's talking about. So, okay. <laughs> pretty bad when your grandson, your grandson's trash talking you. That's right, your grandson. Hey, grandson admits that he that he reads it right. At least he knew, That's right? right? That's right. Hey, chap, appreciate it, and uh, look forward, especially in the next week, to the Jonathan Taylor coverage in terms of how that all develops. But we'll talk to you again next week. Always appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right, Mike Chappell joining us on the hotline. Good stuff. Eddie, everything going okay with the missiles you're launching over there? Yep, everything's totally fine. Well, well, you got like something on the stove at home, or what do we got going on here? See, I accidentally swiped up on the keyboard on my watch, didn't realize it, and I hit the tones to find my phone. Those beeps were, if someone loses your phone, you get a little tone, you can press on your watch. Helps you find it easier. One reason why you should have a watch, Jake. There you go. Where was your phone? It was right here. Is that not the worst feeling, by the way? So, yeah. When you have to use the watch and then it's like right in front end, you're like, man. No, I knew where the phone was. Then why did you swipe the oh, it was an jingle accident. to find it? It was, it was an, an accident. accident. Twice? Yeah, yes. The first time the second, the second? The first time was an accident. second time I was trying to turn off the vibrate on my watch and I hit the wrong button. Mm. Okay. Oh. And you're behind the board? Yes. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> by the way, I was at the... Um, I was at the mall on Friday. Well, I went to 459 and got my hair cut. And then right across the street at, at Indy, Indy Lounge, Pat, who's the bartender there, heard that I was going to be at 459. He's like, hey, come over here and we can talk about sports. So I went over. Is Pat part of the company? Had a beer. Pat is in the company. Yes, Good. he is. The, he's one of the uh, beverage distributors because um, – I sat there. It was great. We talked about movies and talked about sports and uh, super nice guy. He's a Cubs fan. His son's a Pacers fan. So we shot the bull for a minute and I went walking around the mall and there were still like 400 people in line for the Apple 15 phone, which I find out has only an improved camera and a, a better servicing around it. That's the only improvements, right? But you know what it also has? I'll preface it ahead of time. I'll tell you, I'll tell you when we get back. Okay. Tell, tell when you get back what the iPhone has. Sounds good. All right. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hi, right, Jimmy. So spill the goods. I'm walking <laughs> through the fashion mall after visiting 459 Barber Lounge. And then I stopped in the Indie Lounge to see Pat, the pride of Anderson. And I see like, I mean, I'm exaggerating, obviously, but enough people that they had two security guards and ropes and whatever else of people waiting to get into the iPhone store, the Apple store. And I have an iPhone. I, you know, I have an iPad. I, I like the Apple stuff. It's very user friendly. I get it. But all these people are waiting for the 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 15 phone, and and then I see like the they have like the promo there, and it says updated camera. That's always the big thing, right? Everybody every, loves every, a new camera. The camera allows me in high def 
to have a live face-to-face conversation with people on the other side of the planet. So I don't know how much different the updated camera can be, but if you were a single man, I mean, think of how much more ultra HD sexiness you could broadcast to the masses with a new phone. I, I already you, you, do you, that. You, you, well, I know, but I mean, upgraded though, even more clear. This kind of <laughs> this kind of overt sexiness <laughs> needs no upgrade. Doesn't need any enhancement. So it, basically, what it said was that it had the new phone, which was my only thing, Jimmy. That I've always said. I just don't understand the urgency of being first when if you just wait a month, it'll probably cost you 25% less. That's all. So the 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 wait, or, or excuse me, the lack of wait for you was worth it because you got to do what? No, to be clear, I conceded to you that I didn't need the phone. I have a problem. It's a brand thing, just with the iPhone. I didn't need it, but you're going to find this uh, rehensible and... Uh, uh, Eddie is going to laugh. I think it's what's going to happen. They've added an action button on the side of the phone. Before it was the little silencer where you could just turn your phone to go ringer or silent. Right. They've done away with that now. You can still use that. You hold the button down, but you can also change it to maybe go straight to flashlight or to pull up the calculator or to you know track a workout or something like that. But you can also, Eddie, program it to open an app instantaneously. So I have programmed the action button to no. open DraftKings Sportsbook right when I hold it for a second and a half. That, that, that is the beautiful new feature on the iPhone 15. Jake, I am now <laughs> sold, and I will be gone the rest of the show. Jimmy will be taking so over I, as producer, I, I'd like and I'm to heading clarify. to my nearest Verizon store. I, I'd instantly, like to instantly, DraftKings Sportsbook is up. What a thing. What a I'm time. I'm glad that you picked DraftKings. Don't get me wrong. But, but what I find interesting here is that you have you spent extra money <laughs> to allow yourself to have easier access to then spend more money potentially get it back i get it but that so that's the but that's a software issue right not just the phone what do you mean in other words like the new feature of that of being able to is that because of the phone or because of the updated software on the phone it's because of the phone okay but and this phone was how much it was four dollars, right, Jim? <laughs> yeah. It was, no, but, but how much was it uh, after my trade-in for my old phone? That's part of the reason why I did it, Jake. You mentioned that the price might go down, not in a month's time. You're talking like six months when they get closer to a new iPhone release. That it'd be a significant discount, unless you're getting locked into like a two-year contract. But my old phone would depreciate in value, so I gave it at its highest point, which is about six fifty, probably about five hundred dollars or so for the phone outright after the trade-in. So you paid five hundred dollars, correct? But you still owe on the old one. No, no, no. I bought, I've been in a cycle since about the iPhone okay. 10 where I just trade in my old model. So if somebody were to just go in and buy that phone, it would be how much money? Probably 1100 Okay. But most people don't buy it outright. Most people sign up. That's how, we're not sponsored by a carrier, correct? The no, show itself. I, I get it. It's tied in. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like $12 a month over 36 months to keep you in a contract and keep you with your specific okay. carrier. So, so you have it set up now that you don't – because I, I will tell you this. There is nothing. There is nothing to me that is more frustrating than the arduous, incredibly painstaking waste of time it takes me for the extra two seconds of actually swiping and then touching a button to open that app. I mean, that is – And now you have the solution. Well, and that's the – let me tell you, that is a solution to a problem I didn't even know existed. You're welcome. <laughs> 
to be clear, I, I understand that I didn't need the phone. Right? I, I It would have been perfectly fine. And honestly, usually I wait every two years. Because Jimmy, do you have FOMO? Yes. Not with everything, but with that, yes. 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 Not with for everything. Those, for those with over that, 40, yes. that means the fear of missing out. Right? Yep. Not with everything, but with that, yes, I do. I'm not afraid to admit that. When it comes to the Apple stuff. Now, what about no, the no, charge? No, no, no. Just, just, the, just the phone. What about the charger on that? Didn't they change the charging thing, or didn't they? They they changed the cable, so it's no longer a lightning cable, which is what they used before, a USB lightning cable. It's now a USB-C cable. It's the type of cable you would use for uh, newer iPads. So or, they reverted back to the more standard cable. Well, the they first supposedly plug- reverted back because the countries in Europe. Correct. That's said- why they they switched back to USB-C. It was not the the first charge they had back when I was in high school was like a little rectangular charger that kind of plugged in had two prongs on it i don't remember the name of it um, but yes they reverted back to a more universal standard because europe got involved and said hey we need a more universal charger here we are but that came with the phone so okay. not to pay extra for that jake now i remember the apple 2e we put a lot of oregon trail when the apple 2e came out in 1982 that's all anybody knew how to do on, on it was play Lemonade Stand. and or- Lemonade Stand got lost in the shuffle. Oregon Trail gets all the love. Lemonade Stand, equally good game on the co- original advent of the computer. Watch out for the cholera. That's right. <laughs> or dysentery, right? <laughs> yeah. Dysentery, I think is what it's called. Eddie? Uh, breaking news, it appears, from Eddie Garrison. Joe Burrow expected to play tonight for the Cincinnati Bengals. You know what? Um, I had T. Higgins, not that anybody, you know what? Um, Shocker, you have a Clemson player on your fantasy football well, team. Well, he's pretty good. Yeah, that's But too. here's the thing. Uh, I, I didn't know if T. Higgins, I didn't know how Joe Burrows would have impacted it. So I instead went with Mike Williams of the Chargers, who had a huge game and then now is out for the year. But also a Clemson guy, by the way. I know. Mike Williams. Uh, so Joe Burrow is playing tonight. Correct. So. That is a calf injury, correct? Yeah, he re-aggravated the calf strain, uh, celebrating a touchdown in their final offensive possession against the Baltimore Ravens last Sunday. He's expected to play tonight. Is that to be confused with the Grammatica brother that blew out his knee celebrating a field goal? That still is the all-time greatest injury, right? Yeah. There yeah. was one fella, do you remember one fella a few years ago, I, I don't remember which uh, one yes. that had a uh, ruptured testicle? That, yes. that, that would be a less than desirable injury, wouldn't it? I would say so. It would not be satisfying. <laughs> to say the least, right? Uh, so the Rams, it's Rams-Bengals tonight, right? Correct. And then the Rams then next on the schedule for them is? The Indianapolis Colts. That is correct. And Eagles-Buccaneers as well. It's a great Monday night doubleheader. Now, how long are they doing the doubleheaders? So before, I had read it an article last just week. just be opening night, right. opening week, right? I had read an article last week, and I'll check on this during the break, but that ABC had picked up like six additional games because of the writer's strike. Now, last night there was a tentative agreement made, uh, and if you follow the writer's strike at all, we won't waste too much time here, but tentative agreement in place to where maybe that might finally be reaching its end after like 150 days. I don't know if that's impacted at all by what ABC was going to do because they were trying to just fill the fall content, right? But it had been six additional broadcasts that were going to be featured on ABC. The confusion I have is I don't know if that is – Six additional broadcasts, meaning it's simulcasts, or if they right. have moved games from a 425 window to a right. Monday night window. Now, do you know the the writer's strike, I want to say the last writer's strike, maybe it was two writer's strikes ago, but there was a writer's strike, I don't, I, I don't know, probably 20 years ago, that basically was the spearhead now for reality television. That's where a lot of the reality shows came from, because they're like, wait a minute, like the real world was on MTV, 
and and then after that it was like we should just do that kind of model and you know the, less writing is involved although there's more writing in the reality shows than people <laughs> actually are aware of uh one question about last night's sunday night game between the steelers and raiders in which 40 percent of the crowd was steelers fans and i understand that right i understand why there were so many steelers fans in las vegas but i did have a question about the game last night do we have time eddie or should we do it on the other side I have a question about last night's game, and then we'll get back into talking about the Colts. I want your reaction as well from yesterday in terms of what most impressed you about the Colts' big win. We'll take a look back at that because it is a victory Monday here on The Fan. Colts are- Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Bad of the bone yesterday in Baltimore. We will get to your phone calls, your reaction. Norman, Jimmy, stick around. We'll get to you here coming up just a couple of minutes at the top of the hour. And I want to take a look back, kind of break down the game yesterday and enjoy a Colts victory on a Monday. Question I had about last night's game. Did you watch either one of you guys, the Steelers and Raiders in Vegas? Tell about eight minutes 11 minutes to go in the fourth and decided that i was done okay. i watched all of it so for the most part dumb two two dumb questions here the first one i think i know the answer to the raiders play in a retractable roof stadium is that right or is it an open air stadium no it's, it's retractable okay was the roof open or closed last night i do not know do you know eddie I believe it was closed. Here is why I ask. A lot of times if you watch a game, at the beginning of the game after like intros or whatever, they have the pyrotechnics and there's kind of a cloud that lingers over. Yeah. There seemed to be that for the... I mean, like, if you've ever been to Las Vegas, one of the great things about Las Vegas, and this is absolutely true of like Phoenix, it's one of the things I love about Phoenix. If you go to, you know, any of those desert areas... It's a not retractable roof, by the way. So it is whatever the other one you said it is. No, he he didn't give the third one. He he gave open air. So it'd be it would be option three, which is it's a fixed roof. There's no so there so it is a closed roof. Correct. Okay. So that so they must have done pyrotechnics though. But it's but late in the game, I'm watching it, and I was thinking that it was an outdoor stadium, but. If you've ever been to, like, obviously Vegas at night, Phoenix, as I mentioned, Albuquerque, those places, the nighttime is so great in the non-dead of summer months because it's like, literally, it's like room temperature. And there's no, there are no bugs and there's no humidity. So you, you almost forget you're outside. You're sitting outside and you're like, oh my gosh. It's kind of what it's been like here the last couple of nights, to be honest right. with you. But I was watching that game and I'm curious if anybody else noticed this. And it could be, there are a couple of culprits here. Okay, the first is that that I'm just aging and my eyesight's going away. I don't believe that's it because I have fabulous eyesight. The second is that I need to upgrade my uh, television to the iPhone 15 and the more high clarity <laughs> camera. And then the third is, does, did anybody else notice though? But it seemed to be there for the to- the totality of the game. It was like hazy looking. Yes. Did you notice that? Yes. I'm it not the su- only one that noticed this, right? It was super hazy after halftime. Now, yes, that- I'm talking about like in the third quarter, right? Well, Lil Wayne did perform at halftime. Well, maybe that was it, right? That would be my guess. So I'm not the only one that noticed this, though, right? I for sure did. Man, that is... 
When about when did you say? Seven I watched. I yeah, watched. I the just all you got to do is just go look at Raiders and Steelers highlights. Click the first like minute. Watch that. Then jump ahead, and it looks like it's a different venue. Yeah. So they must have done. I mean, little Wayne jokes aside, they they must have done some sort of halftime or something pyrotechnics, right? That just lingered forever. It was weird. They certainly weren't celebrating Raiders' scores, that's for yeah, sure. No kidding. Jimmy Garoppolo, man. The... Yeesh. Yeah. Big yeesh, right? And actually, I thought Pittsburgh... Um, Kenny Pickett leaves a little to be desired, but he does have some mobility, and they... You know, defensively, they were able to create some things, but, but Pittsburgh... Say what you want about the Steelers, man. Mike Tomlin, I mean, there's a reason why the guy's never been under 500. And once again, I don't know that they're overly talented. But that division in general, I mean, obviously you saw what the Colts did to Baltimore. Cincinnati's gotten off to a slow start, but you anticipate that that's not going to hold. And then Cleveland, yesterday Deshaun Watson had one of the most bizarre and pathetic plays I'd ever seen, but he but he played well, and their defense is really good. You know, Cleveland might be better than we thought. This division the AFC North appears to look like, at least after yesterday's slate, like the division we thought it would be before Joe Burrow set the world on fire, which is yeah. just a dogfight a and more no balanced, clear right, cut right. favorite to win. Um, 239-1070 is the telephone number. Norman, Jimmy, stick around. The rest of you calling in right now. We want your thoughts. Take a look back. We're going to celebrate yesterday's Colts win or give you the opportunity to do that and talk about also break down why they were able to come away from a win in their old stopping grounds. We'll do it all next. Hey, you don't... Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. At the fight for the right to party, you just got to uh, be a Colts fan after yesterday, right? Or be a member of the company. That's right. Big win yesterday for the Colts, 22-19. Everybody and their brother deciding to pile on the fact that nobody at this station on our website picked the Colts to win. And what I would say is this, and that is that kudos to the Colts because up until yesterday, they probably had not given us enough evidence to show that they could win because they beat Houston, and you're like, okay, it's Houston though, right? Then the Texans, that's the National Football League. Texans turn around and look great against Jacksonville. Uh, before we get to everybody's calls, let's o- open with our own comments here, Jimmy. I- I'll begin with this. The NFL, as I said yesterday, or as I was explaining yesterday when Shannon asked me about the NFL, company. I'm like, look, you have a handful of clearly very good, indisputably good, great teams. Yeah, you know, Kansas City would be one of them. I think we know they're really good. I think we know that Philadelphia is really good. I think we know that. Um, you throw Buffalo in there. Uh, you know, Miami and Buffalo, yep. really good, right? There are two teams that are clearly like right now in the MAC. I mean, the Bears are awful. Justin Fields is psychologically, you know, I, I hope the best for him, but but clearly he is just in a slump. Um, and then obviously, you know, the Broncos are, t- I mean, they gave up 70 yesterday. The Broncos are terrible. And Russell Wilson's falling off a cliff. I'm going to pocket my Sean Payton jokes because it's only three games into year one, but not exactly making a statement that it was all Nathaniel Hackett uh, right? based on where things went yesterday. Well, then you have in the middle, you know, probably 20 plus teams that are all interchangeable. And on any given Sunday, quote unquote, right? I thought yesterday, as I said, 
at the beginning of the show. Yesterday was, and it's one game. I'm not talking about in totality. I'm not talking about definitively. I'm not talking about forever. But for one game, credit where credit is due. I have been very critical of Chris Ballard and the way that he's built this roster over the last couple of years. Part of that is because I thought he's been overly arrogant about it, not only to the media, but more so like just to fans in general. But there are a number of players that Chris Ballard either stood on a patient limb for while he was the only on that island, or that he you know, had the discovery to sign or, or the belief in them and the patience in them. And at times it's caught heat for. And I think there were a number of players yesterday that you could look towards and say, kudos to Chris Ballard because he was on an island about that player or that situation. And yesterday that island turned into victory. The Jonathan Taylor situation, I don't think was Chris Ballard's doing. Twiggy. But that's right. But how to handle Twiggy and Twiggy not being there. It was Chris Ballard's decision on on how to handle it. And Zach Moss yesterday, over 120 yards, and he ran hard. And he and another, you know, a couple of passes out of the backfield. And that's on the Colts, credit to them, for not giving in to the demands of Twiggy and saying, we've got a guy that we think that we can make do with. And, and it worked. Anthony Richardson clearly this year is about Anthony Richardson and his development. But having the the wherewithal to go out and get a veteran, and I can't say enough good things about Gardner Minshew, in terms of approach and professionalism, a pro's pro, to be ready when his number was called, to have the humility to know that he's there to help Anthony Richardson and to be a guy that's that's a supportive on the sidelines but yet puts his helmet on and goes out and plays did he make some plays he wishes he'd like to have back sure but he put them he helped put them in position to win and when they needed to go down the field late he was able to do those things and even though it was a Shane Steichen guy to have the presence to sign that guy kudos to Chris Ballard Chris Ballard drafted Quiddy Pay there were a lot of us that were impatient about Quiddy Pay was this guy a bust why is it taking so long to get pass rush late in that game when Justin Tucker, the strongest leg in the history of the National Football League, is on the sidelines and Baltimore is setting themselves up to win that game? Quiddy Pay gets a key play that knocks Lamar Jackson back, pushes him just out of field goal range. You go into overtime. In the overtime, comes down to it, a guy that's kicked three field goals of 50 yards or more in that game attempting to become the first NFL kicker in history to hit four of 50 or more in the same game. Matt Gay, who was a controversial signing, according to some, by giving money to a kicker and making that your big free agent splash signing, Matt Gay delivered yesterday for the Colts. And kudos to Chris Ballard for having the money and the wherewithal to go out and sign him. And then a guy that many thought they they reached on in round three, I think it was, in this year's draft, and then had to be patient with through camp. I thought Juju Brent showed he's got a little nastiness in him. That guy's got like like some dog in him, right? Like, is he Bob Sanders? Probably not. But he showed the same kind of like heat-seek nature about himself that we've seen in the past. Clayton Gathers was kind of that kind of guy. Couldn't stay healthy. 
But there were a lot of key areas of the game yesterday that I, I tip my cap to Chris Ballard and say kudos because some of those decisions and roster moves were moves that you were alone on an island for a while there and it panned out yesterday. Does that mean it does for a season? Maybe not. Does that mean that the offensive line is you know, ready to step in and keep Richardson clean for the year? Still work to do. But it's a win. They're in first place in the division. It's still very early, but kudos to them. And on a gorgeous day, on a Monday in Indianapolis, people got a little extra spring in their step, and that's cool. We're three games into this season, and if the current trend continues, with all you want to say about Chris Ballard, if you're a Colts fan, it will be two consecutive seasons where they have had a strong defensive unit. I get it. They fell off a year ago towards the back end, but you've never really fully looked at the Colts defense. There's been specific position groups. You mentioned Quiddy Pay, but as a whole, you felt like you can rely on the defense when you need it. They've shown that a couple times this year, no more so than yesterday. I am with you. This deserves to be a tip of the cap day to Chris Bauer because for one game, it all came together in a perfect storm, and I've already said I was one of the people that was critical of the Matt Gay hire or the Matt Gay signing. Rather, I was wrong. He proved that yesterday. That 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 took some guts for him to be able to consistently hit from distance the way that he did, and it's one of the many reasons they were able to win that football game yesterday. That said, the offensive line still didn't look great. I get it. It was Wesley French that Ryan Kelly, but they had some penalties. They allowed five sacks. Chat mentioned earlier, maybe some of that's on Minshew, and I'm willing to hear that out, but. Minshew did enough to win the game. They didn't turn the ball over at all in that football game. That's a big difference when you look at the conditions they were playing in and the opponent they were playing in. So you tip the cap to Minshew there as well. This doesn't move the needle big picture yet for me in terms of my trust level in Chris Ballard because it is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league. You string together a couple of these with the players you highlighted, in particular Quiddy Pay. Like if he has a breakout year this year, then it was, okay, we should have been more patient with him. You're right. You see more consistency from the not just the passing game, but the wide receiver room in general. Josh Downs continues to develop the way that he has. If maybe Alec Pierce has finally found something, those are all things trending in the right direction. My larger picture is enjoy Victory Monday. I'm not trying to totally poo-poo the win, but I need to see more of these put together before I'm willing to say I was wrong about some of the things I've said about Chris Ballard. By the way, Juju Brent's a second rounder. Um and I, I know there were people that were like, wait, what? But I thought he played well yesterday. Uh, 239 the telephone number, your chance to opine, get off your chest, or simply celebrate about yesterday's game. And we'll begin with the very patient Norman who joins us. Hi, Norman. How are you? Doing good. Doing can, good, Jake. Can I just call you Norm? You've called the program before, right? Um, no, actually, I, I go all the way back to the Reggie Wayne show. At uh, Latitude, but I have not called in. Man, that's been a while. All right, so, uh, Norm, what sort of work are you in? What line of work are you in? I am a financial advisor. Ooh, financial advisor. Okay, so you're part of the company now, right? Since you listen to Aquarian Company, is it okay if we we hire you as part of the company? Yeah, yeah, I'd like to have a role in the company. Okay, (laughs) thank you. And are you overseeing our 401k, or in my case, a, a... 205J but but are you are you overseeing 401Ks is that what your role is Yeah okay yeah. so you are Norman you're the official 401K consultant for the program how's that That's good I also do 403Bs the oh. uh the public sector Okay fair enough what yeah. if it's if it's got numbers and letters as long as it's not algebra and it involves money I'm good Can we just make him our CFO then Well yeah, yeah. sure what well, we have C- we already have multiple CFOs uh they're all female 
Norm, we're, we're, so you're the first. Oh, yeah. You're the first guy with which we, we trust our money, which makes us geniuses, Norm. Yes, yes, you guys are on the right track already. All right, so Norm, what's on your mind about the game? Hey, I wanted to say one thing real quick, though. Back to the Reggie Wayne show. I uh, I gave you the heads up one day that we had that Florida Gator lineman that was uh, also a Jonathan, a Jonathan Harrison. Remember the guy that got caught blocking his own guy in a Florida Gator I, I game? I do remember that. He was the backup center, right? Yeah, yeah. And I Jonathan said, hey, with two T's. Ask Reggie about Jonathan Taylor and do they tease him? And Reggie had a great story about, oh, yeah, we're like, hey, what did you have, your eyes closed or something while you were uh, – while you were blocking that guy? Jonathan with uh, two T's Harrison, yes. Exactly. You got it. Yep. So uh, so I just really am so happy that Matt Gay hit all those kicks. Uh, everyone would be talking about Gardner stepping out of the end zone and making fun of him. And I don't – like, hopefully that isn't even mentioned because, I mean, my goodness, that was such an under-duress moment. And the fact that, that he did step out was a safety rather than that fumble recovery might have been a, a touchdown for them. Um, but the bottom line is, is I just so appreciate how Gardner's been playing. And uh, I do want AR to, to, you know, to get healthy. But in the meantime, my God, I wouldn't mind – um, having Gardner keep playing and, uh, and and have that stability at quarterback uh, while we get to nurture Richardson. He gets a lot of credit, Norm, for just his approach, right? I mean, to come in, Gardner Minshew, a guy that's got 25 starts in his career, and I'm sure like anybody has that competitive fire of like, look, I should be the guy, but then to, to be able to come in when his number's called and deliver – and I thought play well. I, I mean, look, did he set the world on fire? No, but he, I thought he had some good throws, though, you know, at times. And he was under duress a little bit. Uh, a couple of times he wasn't even under <laughs> – a couple of times he wasn't even under duress. It was just like snap sack, right? I mean, it was it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. A couple of those unblocked. But I'm going to go back to – I love Gardner Minshew, and I love what he's brought to the table and the professionalism he's shown. But to me, the biggest attribute, assuming that Anthony Richardson is back, and sure, there are probably going to be other cases this year where Richardson needs a spot fill in. I get it. But if this year is indeed about developing Anthony Richardson, then part of the value of Gardner Minshew, because he's played well and yesterday showed that with a right cast around him, he can deliver you a win or, or not lose you a game, do you dangle that to a team like New York that is desperately trying to get somebody under center and might be willing to overpay for somebody like that to fill in in spot role. I, I, I really do think you asked that last you week. You have to explore it. If it's a third rounder, I'd, I'd do it. You got to like, do it, right? Because they're like, I get it. It's a victory Monday and this is going to irk some Colts fans, but I don't care. Like this team, it's great they beat the Ravens yesterday. They are not, they are not a Super Bowl caliber team yet. They're not there. And if all you're playing for is to win the South, which again is awesome. I know that would mean a ton to some Colts fans. But if you win the South with Gardner Minshew still on the roster, or you get a third round pick to develop Anthony Richardson, and by the way, winning the South means losing in the first round of the playoffs in this scenario, in the short-sighted view, you might say, no, I want that trip to the playoffs. But in the long-term view, I'd rather have another piece to build around Anthony Richardson. I just would. And and who knows? I don't know if the Jets are going to get so desperate to the point that they want to do that, but 
for all the praise we've given Gardner Minshew, it deserves to be said that on top of it, I think he would help a team that was in need of a quarterback that feels like they're just a piece away. Uh, line number two, good Jimmy, the official Pacer fan of the company, joins us, and probably Colts fan too. Jimmy, what's up? Hey, gentlemen. Uh, just first of all, I wanted to say this is my debut on Clarion Company. This is, so, man. You are hired, Jimmy. So long. I'm sorry it's taken so long, but as you know, I'm a loyal P1 listener of the station, and <laughs> you guys do a hell of a job. So um, just wanted to say that. Um, but, Jake, what a... Uh, Thank you for giving me an official role. Uh, hopefully, I could live up to my obligation. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So. Well, I mean, all you got to do is give me a high five at a Pacer game, and you're in, right? There, there's oh, your great. role is secured. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, first off, before I get to my cult take, real quick, uh, Jimmy, I just wanted to say condolences to your Yankees. Uh, <laughs> I'm hoping my Cubs make the playoffs, but right now it's not looking very good going up against the Brewers and the Braves. Thanks, so. Jerry. Yeah. So, um, but real quick on the game yesterday, gentlemen, I think um, I was really excited with the win. But I, I, I hear what you're saying, Jimmy. I think we, we we do have to temper our emotions a little bit. And I know it's hard to do on a beautiful, gorgeous day in Central Indiana. But I think um, for me, I it was a great win. I, I'd like to see them uh, establishing some consistency. And I was really happy with the way the defense played, especially EJ Speed on that last uh, that last drive for Baltimore. Um, and uh, you guys have a great day. Thanks for taking my call, Jimmy. Appreciate it, Jimmy. I totally agree about EJ Speed, by the way. That guy's not in every play, but when he is, man, he makes plays. Bottom line. He just does. You know? I, like, you got to have – you know, EJ Speed is such a value at this point, too, just because of the fact that they've already signed him – you know he's locked in, and he and he really was not a high price tag. You put him up there with the Zaire Franklin contract and the EJ Speed contract. You pair them two, and they're massive wins for Bauer. Not just the value that's there, but how critical they are to this defense. Absolutely. Uh, Mark joins us on the program. Mark, what's up? Wanted to give some kudos to Chris Bauer. He's gotten a lot of darts thrown at him for the last year or so. But if you look like you were at how this team was in a position to win yesterday. He was criticized for trying to build this team from the inside out. Baltimore is a team that's notorious for overpowering their their opponents. I wouldn't say the Colts' offensive line and defensive seven overpowered or was no better than equal with Baltimore. But in the past, that would not have been the case with the Colts. The Colts' lines played well. When you consider they got Buckner in a trade, Samson Ibukong was a player who was a free agent acquisition this year. A lot of people bragged about Ryman, relying upon him as tackle. He played well. Secondly, he was lambasted for spending record-setting salary for a kicker when people were wanting them to go out and get a Lamborghini, went out and got a Honda Civic. And that Honda Civic sure looked good yesterday, let alone Minshew they spent money for. And I would argue a little bit counter to the idea of trading Minshew. Colts, while they're not in a position to win this year, much more than perhaps their division, are in a position within a couple of years to be competitive. 
But based on the style of play Richardson plays, to me, I see benefit in trying to re-sign Minshew and keep him around because the way Richardson plays. Yeah, that's fair. To have them as an you mean you mean Mark to have them as the in, sorry your phone was dropping out a little bit there to have them as an insurance policy. Talking about Minshew to keep him for the insurance policy for let's say a year or two years from now when Richardson has the Colts in position where they are indeed a deep playoff contender and you want to make sure that you are staying in the left lane if Richardson has to miss a game or two in spot situations, Minshew would be a good option for them. I get that. You know, the interesting thing is the the guy that that would revert to would be, of course, Sam Ellinger, who is the guy that Jim Irsay wanted to see as a starter a year ago. I think we now know that Minshew is the better option there. So it's a good point, Mark. It's a fair, it's a really good point. Um, but again, I go to, for this year in particular, you know, I thought Minshew did a fine job yesterday, no question about it. But I don't know that anybody as great as it was to win yesterday and maybe even contend in the AFC South. There have been years where the Colts have won the AFC South or have, by virtue of the schedule of the AFC South, worked their way into the postseason. And everybody knew, everybody knew that in that postseason – that they were the Cincinnati of the college football playoff that year, right? Like that they were the one that's like, yeah, they're probably not on par with the rest of them. But I get it. I mean, playoff football is playoff football. And it's all fun and games to make it into the playoffs until you lose your first playoff game and then you find yourself drafting 18th, right? Uh, (laughs) Daniel. Daniel, what's up? Go ahead, Daniel. I get it, Daniel. Sorry, uh, only because you were at the bottom of the ocean. Um, no, no doubt, line help helps. I, no question about it. I do think that Ryman looks like he's going to be good at the left tackle position. Um, Braden Smith had a rough day yesterday. I mean, there's no doubt about that on the right side yep. of the line. No, no question about that. Um, but uh, again, I have always said this is a queryism. There are two queryisms out there that I will always scream from the mountaintops that I should have trademarked. The first one is my proverbial NBA 2025 guy. That's a, that's a phrase that I will use till the cows come home. I got a lot of dumb sayings. That's one of them that I think people can get what I'm saying. And that is the guy that is destined to score 20 a game on a 25-win team the rest of his career. Ricky Davis is the poster child of a 2025 guy, right? Monte Ellis, poster child, 2025 guy. The other queryism that I will stand by to the support there of what Daniel was just saying, I will stand by this till the cows come home. Linemen, talking about offensive, offensive linemen and defensive backs. They are cell phone chargers and sunglasses. You can never have too many of them because just when you find one that is great and reliable, you turn around and before you know it, it's broken or you can't remember where you put it. Or in your case, cologne as well. That's right. Why, Eddie, I think you like the cologne. Do you notice it's, it's no. wavering down just a little bit today? It's the Tom Ford yeah. um, Mandarin. It's fabulous. Jimmy, I can tell, kind of likes it. You got, one, you got to have it clocked by now when it starts to fade, right? Either one of you guys have kind of a headache from it. Is that, is that what you're telling me? Uh, Daryl. 
What's up, Daryl? Daryl, you there? This is John. Hello. This is John. Or John. Okay. Nice job, hey, Eddie. Quick. I lo- <laughs> Eddie, I Eddie was prayer. screwing around with his Apple Watch again, and he wrote down the wrong. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, what's going on, John? I love the Quarryisms, man. I love the show. I, I, I kind of wish you was back in the mornings, but I get it. It's your schedule. I'm a morning guy, but I love listening to you in the morning. But hey, we got to. You're have a morning guy. What time do you get up in the morning, John? Five fifteen. Five fifteen. What do you do for a living? I'm a, I'm a forklift repair guy, and I want to. I want. Oh, that's right. You do donuts, right? And the forklift. No, no, no. I am a forklift repair man. Oh, repair man. Oh, you, you repair it for the guys that do donuts. What What time do you have to get to work, John? I am there at six thirty. I can work later if I want, but I'm an early riser. I love the mornings. So, as the as the early morning lover of early risers, I am d- naming you as part of the company. If you don't mind, John, you are the director yeah. of neuroticism. How's that? <laughs> That's perfect. Okay, good. I love it. All right. What's on your mind about the game? Well, uh, everything you have talked about is perfect. Um, I love it. I I just wish Minshew, for his sake, could have an opportunity to be the starter. Now, he's not a Super Bowl guy, and he is a systems guy. But, my gosh, you're right. He's a blue-collar worker, and he's number two, he's not complaining about any of it. Like, he's the man, or, hey, I need to be starting. None of that's coming out of him, man. He just went to work, and he did the job. Yeah, I'll tell you what, um, there is no doubt about the fact, like I said, blue-collar guy is probably a good way of saying it, right? I, I just love the approach. I love the fact that when his when his yes. number was called, he was ready to be there, he was ready to go, right? I mean, no doubt about that. Can you win with him long-term? He's the best backup in the league right now, right? Can we agree to that? Yeah. By the way, Eddie, I didn't mean to, to, to call you on that when I said, nice job, Eddie. That's See, I want to be... If it's, I want everybody in the company to feel comfortable in the company, right? I, I don't want people to feel like that they have been falsely called out or accused for something. There. Hey, I always ask for clarification on the name, and I got well, a yes. John and Daryl sound. I mean, it's very easy to get confused. Hey, he was in a well when I first answered the phone. So we did have like three in a row there that sounded like they were at the bottom of the ocean, right? Yeah, uh, Jonah. Out in Arizona, how about the Cardinals yesterday? Big win over the Cowboys, proving that the NFL, you just never know. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, I, I'm not a Cardinals fan, so I didn't really care. But the fact that they beat the Cowboys, <laughs> it, it was actually pretty cool. But, hey, Jake, if I can be hired to bring the heat from Arizona to Indiana, you know, I will gladly take that job. Let me tell you something. We will make you – Here's the, you're, you are absolutely the director of Mercury Transportation because we want that Mercury going up here in the dead of winter. I Listen, Jonah, I can't – I can't stand cold weather. I hate it. So anything you can I, I bring from you Phoenix, that. we're on board, man. Well, and you said it earlier, you, uh, despite the summer seasons here, at nighttime out here, it's just beautiful, which is why the snowbirds come. And it's it's definitely just, you have your windows down at nighttime. It's it's awesome. Um, the thing I was most encouraged about the Colts game is, you, a lot of people said it, Gardner Minshew, is he going to is he going to be flashy? No, not necessarily. But what he did yesterday is he played a, a clean game, uh, despite a couple of sacks uh, that where the guys came untouched. But he didn't turn the ball over, and he let the defense win the game for him, and that's what happened. The defense did a really good job, and I said this week one, I'm kind of encouraged by the secondary. Now week two, they were a little bit struggling against C.J. Stroud, but after what I saw Stroud do yesterday, it made me feel less bad. But Juju Brents looks like the real deal. This young secondary is really coming and playing well, but when you have a front seven, you know, that that's going to 
make them look good. Now, my only negative on yesterday, and I don't really like to have negatives on a really good, well, on a hard fought win against a really good team. I'm still just kind of concerned about Shane Steichen's uh, clock management. There was a time in the first half where the Colts had the ball two minutes left, and he he let all three timeouts go into halftime. And I really thought at that point he should use his timeouts and kind of drawn up some plays because the Colts went three and out at midfield when I really thought – and they were trying to push the tempo. And I, I really thought they could have at least kind of field goal there. And I just – I was really shocked that he – just kind of let the time go down and go three and out. Now, thankfully, it didn't hurt the Colts, but just there's just some things that he still does. And that shotgun formation on fourth down in midfield with the draw play, I, I didn't like that from the start. But thankfully, it didn't burn them. But, yeah, very good win yesterday. And I, I think this is the toughest opponent the Colts have, uh, are going to face all year on the road. I don't know about the latter part. I mean, we got to still see on Baltimore. But keep in mind, and and I'm not trying to rain on any parade, especially on a day like today where it's gorgeous out. There's not a parade, but there's no rain either, right? Uh, Baltimore's really de- banged up. I mean, that, that was a pretty depleted Baltimore roster. But Lamar Jackson was one of them that was still there, and that's obviously a big one. And I thought defensively, you're right, Jonah. Defensively, they looked good. They looked really good. They got, you know, they their their front line is starting to really play well, and I. Again, I'm on board with Juju Brents. One game does not a season make, does not a career make, but I'm on board with Juju Brents, man. I loved his athleticism. I loved just his okay. – that dude was making his first – I mean, he was out there and looked like he – he looked like he was at Warren and he was like trying to stare down Pike. I mean, it was like he was not afraid, and I loved that. Loved, loved, loved it. Continue the conversation, including – the director of giddiness. Perfect day for that next. Oh, bad query. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Company, victory Monday for the Colts. Off of four 50-yard field goals by Matt Gay. 22-19, Colts win it 2-1, alone in first place in the AFC South, Jake. I tweeted this yesterday, and I meant it. I genuinely did not think that was something I would be able to say at any point in time this season. Was I bullish on the Jaguars? Absolutely. But it was more of a lack of faith with how the stars would line up for the Colts than anything I don't else. No, that that Jacksonville Houston game, I, I, honestly, I don't know if if we were surprised by that because Jacksonville wasn't as stout as one would have thought, or because Houston showed an offensive competency that we didn't think was there. And CJ Stroud looks good, man. But again, I, there are so many quarterbacks that that got out to great starts and then. You're like, what happened? You know, de- defenses start looking at film, and you know they start reassessing things. And but so far, so good for C.J. Stroud. What did he set? What did I see? He has like the eighth best start in terms of number of passes without yet throwing an interception as an NFL player. And but again, Jimmy, that's the other side of it. Is once those things start happening, then does it get in your head? Look at Justin Fields. You know, his predecessor at Ohio State. I mean, Justin Fields looked at times like he was going to be the guy and you know now does he make it to next week look i wasn't the only one that said this 
and I don't know if Eddie echoed these sentiments or not, but when the season started, I still felt like the guy on the outside of the party looking in, like, are we sold on Fields? But also now I come away after yesterday, after the last couple of weeks, less about is Fields going to make it in the NFL, but more like, wow, the Bears are bad. Well, that too. Like, that I, like too. next week, sure. and I'm stealing this from Matt Verderam, a national guest we had on the show a handful of times. He tweeted this yesterday. Next week, Bears-Broncos game might set football back centuries. Correct. Terrible, right? Awful. In the old days, that would have been a Thursday night matchup, and we'd all would have had to watch it. That's not on primetime, is it? It's I don't believe a, so. I think it's just a, a 425-er. I wonder who the broadcast team of that is. <laughs> like, would you go home and tell your wife, like, oh my gosh, what happened, honey? Did you get laid off? No, I got, but it, it must be close. <laughs> I got Bears Broncos. One o'clock. <laughs> I mean. Hopefully that it gets flexed. Flexed to where? Sunday at 3 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> to Berlin, right? Uh, the director of Giddiness is our buddy Paul. What's up, Paul? Oh, you do know who this is. All of right. course. Up, <laughs> How you doing? I'm good. I'm giddy, right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> real, real fast, um, the guy who called in and said he wants Gardner Minty as the starter, I'm, I'm going I'm to take a, a, a page from your old show, the morning show, with the Jerry Jones clip. Get your damn act together. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. Uh, Gar- Gardner Mitchell is a good backup. And one one of the case in points is uh, they didn't hide Hamilton coming in on the blitz. And Gardner Mitchell didn't make any adjustment by moving the back over or, or shifting the coverage over. He didn't make any adjustment to that after the first sack. And Daniel got himself killed on that third sack. Uh, no. Another thing, Jake, you said something earlier in the show when the show first began that Alex Pierce made an appearance. He also disappeared when he should have caught that ball on the two-yard line, hit him right in the hands, which probably the game wouldn't have went in the overtime. We could have won it in regulation. Um, he's got to do better. He needs to change gloves, get some stickier gloves, so he doesn't drop that ball as far as that's concerned. Um, and another thing, Jimmy, you said you don't see the Colts winning a playoff game if they make the playoffs. I want to ask you, why is that? I mean, the Giants made the playoffs last year, and they won a game in the first round. Uh, anything can happen in the playoffs. You're selling the Colts short. The defense is good, and I do believe after four weeks is up, Jonathan Taylor's going to want to come back to this team because he sees – what Anthony Richardson can do, and he knows with him back there with Anthony Richardson, this can be something very dynamic. I am enjoying what's happening with the Colts, and the Colts should be 3-0. Deion Jackson, who got cut, let us down in the first game, and the defense failed us on that last drive for Jacksonville, which popped it out and got that touchdown. I am happy, and I see the Colts continuing to – Tread along and continue to stack up some wins. Let's go, Colts. Hey, Jake, Paul. Have a wonderful day. And I'll, what's up, Jake? I, I love your voice and your energy. So we're gonna. I, I'm gonna have Eddie roll on this right now. But can, can I get you to cut a promo real quick? I need you to say the following. I need you to say, "Hey, it's Paul. I'm the director of giddiness, and you're feeling giddy in the company on the fan." Can you say that? Okay. Hey, it's Paul. I'm the director of giddiness, and you're feeling giddy. On the fans. A l- little more energy, though. Like, hey, it's Paul. Well, I'm the director of Giddiness. I, I, I'm saying it. Yeah, yeah. You, want me you, to got, you got okay. it exactly right. All right, here we go. In three, two, and one. Eddie, roll it. Go ahead. Hey, it's Paul. I'm the director of Giddiness, and you're feeling giddy on the Jake 
Corey and Company show. On the fan. On the fan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paul. We're racking it. We're rolling it. I appreciate it, man. Be safe. All right, Jake. Have be, a good one. Be safe driving that Jeep down the wrong side of the road. Paul's a mail carrier, by the way. Uh, Simon. Simon says what on line four? What's up, Simon? Hey, Jake. Thanks for taking my call, man. I hate to follow the director of getting this, man. That's that's a rough follow. Um, <laughs> Are you the, By the way, Simon, you're the director of malls for the company. Is that cool with you? That that's better than what I do for a living. How's that? What, what do you do for a living, sir? Oh, you're gonna love it. Import export. Oh, really? Kind of like Art Vandelay, huh? Matches, chips. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. All um, right. Hey, listen. Two quick comments. Real quick. Shane Steichen, Frank Reich would never have won that game yesterday. No question about it. Um, you know, I've been a, I've been away for a couple weeks. I get back. And I noticed this new energy. Like I think, I think he Shane Steichen actually has a personality and likes to talk about things other than ball. Um, you know, so that's that that's a positive. Uh, the the second thing is, you know, I, I'm starting to hear Bernard Ryman's name come up a little bit. Um, and, and you know, I, I don't like to, I don't you don't want to hear the uh, an offensive lineman's name announced during the game. But you know, when you watch him, if you if you single out and watch him, he's doing a really good job. I, I'm 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 really pleased with his play, and I think he's going to be a player. Yeah, Ryman certainly has grown into his role, and, and kudos to him because that's a, a steep learning curve, and not unlike Anthony Costanzo. As a matter of fact, you could maybe even make the argument, and Costanzo was a fine player, you could make the argument that perhaps that learning curve was even faster for him than Costanzo, who really worked hard at it. Um, Simon, you said you were gone for a little bit there. Were you out importing or were you out exporting? I was out importing yeah <laughs> okay all right yeah. well you let me know best of luck exporting what it is that you imported okay absolutely take care have a good day thank you appreciate it um yeah ryman's played well for sure and and that's good because that's a position that is one of the hardest to find re- solidarity in right in football and it potentially changes very early still in the season but it changes where your point of emphasis needs to be potentially next year's draft regardless of if paul is celebrating a first round wild card weekend victory or if the colts are you know eight nine paul i noticed paul threw my first name in on the name of the show he did i think it was because he partially forgot the script and then went i know full. i think that's right we can we can clean up a little of that right eddie would you like me to, or do you want it for your ego to leave Jake no, no, in no. there? No, no, I, no. I just, I don't okay. need my first name in there. Okay. Actually, cut out the company, so it's just the Jake Query show. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> no. Right. no, the whole point is the company. I understand. Right? I understand. Of course, just playing in. Darren. Hey Jake. Hey Jake. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm a big fan of Ballard's, and by the way, I want to be in the company as well. Okay, Darren. What? Uh, what? What do you? What's your expertise? You bring to the company. I work in funeral service, so I guess I'd be the director of gloom. Now, now let me ask you something, Darren. It's recession-proof, by the way. Um, I have a a question for you about that. I notice now that there seems to be more people doing the the opting for the cremation side. Is that just – am I just getting older and I'm noticing this, or does this seem to be more of a trend than than in years past? Uh, Significant trend. It's um, a national uh, thing that we're seeing, and – somewhat cost-based but also with people moving around so much uh it allows for portability of the the loved one okay well darren i'll I'll tell you what you actually probably have uh you have a job that i would imagine creates or or i should say necessitates a lot of empathy for people so i i can appreciate 
your line of work. So you are the director of empathy. How's that? Is that cool? That's that's great. Thank you. I okay, appreciate sure. that. Yeah. All right. What's uh, what's on your mind regarding the Colts? A uh, big, big fan of Ballard's. I'm glad to hear there's some praise going on for some of the moves or moves he did not make. Um, can you name a player on each side of the ball that you'd like to see be replaced by game eight? And second part, um, last year with our defense kind of doing pretty well this year, um, Gus was uh, sought after for, for interviews um, after this season. Okay, two really good questions. Begin with the first one. Um, you know, defensively, I yeah, I'll tell you what. The challenge that you have is that you always want, and I think that that teams look towards. They see it as a compliment towards the franchise when all of a sudden people are coming and and sneaking around with your personnel. And Gus Bradley's done a, great, a good job. I mean, th- th- I thought yesterday, you know, defensively, that's not an easy task. I mean, Lamar Jackson made a great play um, late in the game to an extended to extend a drive, and then the Colts' defense ended up stepping up. In terms of who you would want replaced and what that could mean for Gus Bradley, we'll get to that. It's a good topic on the other side as we get set to flush it out and hand it over to John. So we'll do it all. Just a couple of minutes here. Corey and Company, 93.5, The Fan. Hey, it's Paul. I'm the director of giddiness, and you're feeling giddy on Quarry and Company on the fans. Heck yeah. Love it. Jake Quarry, Jimmy Cook, Eddie Garrison, John up next. Good question that was asked there, by the way, by our director of empathy. Uh, first off, in terms of Gus Bradley, I, I think that the defense has come around to the point where especially with Shane Steichen being an offensive mind, if if they have a year that even exceeds expectation or shows direction or growth, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't try to lock that in and stay with that continuity. Players on each side of the ball by week eight that you could see being replaced in terms of starters. Uh, the first one that comes to mind, I don't know that this is going to happen, but the easy answer there would be Zach Moss being replaced by Jonathan Taylor if Taylor comes back and wants to try to work for a contract. But there's a lot that goes into that, I realize. You look at the rest of the, you know, certainly on the offensive line, there are players that you could look at and say, okay, does does eventually, you know, somebody get dinged up and somebody else comes in. But in terms of just based on their play, Zach Moss has done a hell of a job. I mean, he's done a really good job. He runs hard. I, I love the guy. But the reality is if Taylor is available, that's who's going to be your replacement. Defensively, the only one really that jumps out, quite frankly, is because I really do like what that line in particular is shaping into, but I really like Juju Brents, and I think it's going to be hard to keep him off the field. Um, and I know that that obviously that's a a position where, you know, Daryl Baker, I mean, you can have both of them on the field at the same time, but but I just think Brents is one of them that I look at and I go, okay, that's that's a guy that I could see them working in. Again, one game, Jimmy, does not – a season make, but I thought he was impressive yesterday. And I think he would deserve the opportunity considering that's what happened yesterday to start next week. I mean, um, I don't know if it's a permanent basis yet, but I think right. he would have earned that at least one more opportunity. I just like the starter. fact that, man, he looked ready for the moment, right? Yes. He looked ready for the moment. Uh, tonight, a couple of um, – is it one or two games tonight? Doubleheader. Right? Got two games. Doubleheader again tonight. And that, of course, means it's time to find out what Jimmy, where Jimmy's leaning with those games. The Jay Cook Plays of the Day. This is me, all right? I'm not a f- 
Athlete, this is my way. This is how I win. Just the just the quick ability of the action button taking me straight to DraftKings. Beautiful thing. Uh, plays today. We're gonna take the Cincinnati Bengals on the money line over the Los Angeles Rams in that same game. Give me Jamar Chase as an anytime touchdown scorer, and also over one and a half touchdown passes. That's right. We're going over. Are you for Joe influenced Burrow by the fact that Burrow that is playing? I am. Yes. I would have been very hesitant about what to do with this game if Burrow was not out there. Uh, now that he is, there's not gonna be a pitch count. I think you're just looking at if he can't go and he looks like he might re-injure it, then maybe he gets pulled. But otherwise, he's a full go. Uh, and then switching to the 7-15 game, Eagles-Buccaneers. Give me Jalen Hurts as an anytime touchdown score. Eddie, anything from you? Negative, Ghost Rider. I need prop bets back from Eddie Garrison someday. We'll see. All right. By the way, uh, JMV's walked in. I, where did you get that shirt? That's a good-looking uh, shirt. Am I on? Am I on? Check. Um, guys in shopping, Rob, Broad Ripple on Carmel made it. About that. That's an awesome shirt. It is. Radio Indiana. <laughs> Did you see Channel 13 had greatest moments of our lifetime in AM radio? A little bit earlier today in a tweet. Really? You see, my number one was Polin and more. I mean, that's. In 2001. That's got to be number one, right? Yeah, I mean, that and listening to Red's game. We will not move forward. We will not move forward. <laughs> when he was reading the transcript. Of what uh, Jim Rome had to say. Hey, Romy, dude, I'm quoting here. Bro, this is epic. (laughs) For those that are unfamiliar, this was back when John was in the very comfortable position of running the board for Mark Patrick's radio show on another AM station. And I wasn't betting like I'm Jimmy the Greek, like your guys are doing in here all the time, too, by the way. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That is correct. Get Jimmy the Greek in here, man. You were. You were storing money away, right? And <laughs> and partially because you were wondering if you needed it for when everything went south when Jay Moore decided to fight with Bill Polian <laughs> on the radio show, right? <laughs> so Bill Polian was – Jay Moore yep. insinuated that Edron James was unhappy with the way that his injury was being treated after he had hurt his knee. Bill Polian took exception to it, and you lined up for both of them to go on the show together. Yeah, yeah, they both came on together. Uh, it was completely a very, very one-sided conversation. <laughs> you know, the best part about this, Tom Telesco of the Chargers, who runs the Chargers, told me he was an intern and in the room at the time. And he watched, Craig Kelly had told me this before, Craig Kelly trying to hang up the, the landline phone. Yes, right? Craig Kelly was trying to uh, hang up the landline phone as Bill was talking, and Bill was fighting him off with his forearm to keep him back from hanging it up. Telesco said, that's like one of my first days there, and I couldn't even believe what was going on. Now, I was an intern. How long, was, I mean, you probably know to the minute, it had to have been at least 20 minutes, right? Yeah, and then uh, Mark went to watch Drew play a basketball game as a 12-year-old, Drew Storen. At Fall Creek. Um, and then Peyton Manning called in five minutes later and said, Hey, yeah, guys, I was just driving around and I was listening, thought I'd call in. <laughs> so he was trying to smooth it out. Well, you know, I mean, and you know, one, one of the moments, one of the moments I remember too is, as you well know, um, the late Ron Sexton, a friend of mine, was in there with me at the time when Mark had left and Ron was on one side of the board, I was on the other. And Manning called in, and we talked to Manning to try to smooth it out. One of those great moments I always remember with my friend Ron. The um, the the whole thing. I I mean, <laughs> do you remember when Polian said, "Well, I have a feeling you will be hearing from our lawyers very soon," <laughs> right? And Jay, Jay Moore was like, 
You know, he had. Did you make him practice with a torn knee? Did you make him practice with a torn knee? And then Polian said, "That's not in question." <laughs> no, it is in question. Moore said, "You sir are a madman." Yeah. No wonder your organization's in a total disarray. And he just married that? Jenny Buss, so yeah, that's right. Jonah in Arizona would like to know: Is there anywhere where this audio can be found? Do you still have it? They confiscated it for me. You know, we ran it. it I think that station has it. You know, Derek and I replayed it. Um, Mike Chappell has it on a cassette tape still to this day. On an anniversary, yeah. Derek and I had played it at one point. So Derek might have it. I, I mean, it yeah. was, you are correct. It was, I, John, it was, when we replayed it, I mean, yeah. it, it, it <laughs> People that hadn't heard it were like, wait, wait, this is what happening again? Well, and the best part about it, too, was also when Manning called. And I don't even know if that exists anywhere. That Literally, he been, came that on the air. That had to have been Craig Kelly begging Yo, Manning yeah. to do and it, Manning, right? yeah. Manning called on the hotline. I picked it up. And um, he said, yeah, yeah, I was just driving around listening, and I thought I would add to the conversation. I go, okay. <laughs> now <laughs> he's awesome. As Let's do it. Just, <laughs> as if he just spontaneously, right? Yeah, he's well, riding you know, around I just, listening. I, I was running out getting groceries, you know. They thought I'd call in, you know, check out the show. I mean, come on. It was so good. Uh, so good. Big one lined up for you here? I don't know. Probably not. How about you? Do you have a big one? Show sure looks. We did have a good one. I just want to get one of those shirts from the from the fan, or from uh, the shop. The guys from shop and Broderick and Carmel doing a great job. Nine twenty eight. I think Broderick Avenue, right across from the New Union Jack. Yeah. Hey, today by the way is National One Hit Wonder Day. Is it really? It is. What's your favorite one? Welcome to the Boomtown by David and David. That's the goat. The goat. Miss Christina drives a 944. Come on, Eileen. Is that a one-hit wonder? Yes. That's what I'd put it at. All right, John. We'll hand it off to you. You got it. Enjoy.